It's a guy that used to make horns. It's a, it's a he's a horner. It's like a nah, you'd be horning out of it for this dude. You're just a horn. horning out. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 166. I am your host, Anthony Trapani, and as always, I got some resident homies with me. We got the full clan together tonight. I got uh, the professor, Joseph K, up top there. I got Casey Howard down at the bottom. I got Joel Horner on the other side right there. What up, y'all? Yo. And uh, we are joined tonight by Matt Palazzo. What up, Matt? hello hello brother um <laughs> hello as always we are here thursday night live on twitch instagram and youtube right now that's the only three right guys yeah is there any other oh, no it's, right. it's instagram yeah yeah sorry i'm instagram yeah. youtube uh, and, and twitch, twitch yep. got the multi-platform situation going and uh what up to y'all who are here with us live um, let's get into the plug situation real quick. Battleforgecoffee.com, always at the top. The reason why they're at the top, it, there's a couple of reasons. One, they're our homies. Two, they make good fucking coffee. And I want you to go buy that shit and represent that Cali Death scene. We all drink coffee. Why not drink death metal coffee from California? That's what's up. And buy a shirt or a mug, too. That's our homies. We don't get anything from that at all. That is just literally us saying, hey, we back this and we want you to go support the homies. And at generatorrehearsalstudios.com is where you're going to be able to find a rehearsal studio down in the Oceanside SoCal area. If you uh, are willing to drive there, if you're in that area Go jam out, get creative, and make us some new music to talk about on this show. Yeah. And speaking of a San Diego, North County area, we have a new plug for tonight. It's uh, actually the shirt that I'm wearing right now. My buddy here, Dave's Hot Tubs. He is the the pool baron of San Diego. He used to have a pool business as well, but now he specializes in hot tubs, and it's awesome. And uh, yeah, so Dave's Hot Tubs, check it out. Yeah. Who who doesn't enjoy a hot tub, guys? Uh, like, really? stand up, yeah. have, you ever met, have you ever met somebody who's like, nah, yeah, dude, I don't yeah. like hot tubs, dude? It's an important thing, you know. And uh, it is. basically, the way to ch- uh, get a hold of him or check it out is to check out his Instagram again, uh, Dave's Hot Tubs. If you look right here, can you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a fancy hot tub. So, some I'm nice hot tubs right by the beach. Check it out. Pretty sick. So, uh, yeah, dude. If you uh, have a hot tub, want to get that thing? Uh, Is that Dave right there? Spick and span. Uh, yes, sir. That's right. What up, Dave? So shout out. So that's the uh, the new plug for tonight. And nice, yeah. dude. Oh yeah. And then uh, we we wait, there's one more, isn't there? Yes, sir. 
What do we always? What what's the one I miss? There we go. Uh, I'm like I forget our own plug. CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com is where you're gonna buy some swag to uh, be a walking billboard for us. So go get a t-shirt, put it on, go to a show, say hey guys, this is a cool podcast. All right. Anything else? Oh, Joseph got shows. Yeah, I got uh, a band that did something this week, so I can talk about it here. Um, uh, Last of Lucy announced our record that I've been talking about on this show for a year or more, uh, God Form, and here's the album art. I'm showing. It's a Par Olufsen okay. piece. It's uh, so nice. the same, same universe as uh, Moksha. Um, Josh explained to me the difference in location and setting between this album art and uh, Moksha. Um, I don't remember the conceptual thing, but I will say if you put those two records next to each other, they do look really, really sick. Hell yeah. uh, Nice. So I'm also posting in our comments right now a link to uh, the song that first came out from the album. It's called Sheham Sedans or something. Shedem Sedans. I don't know. I don't know. The new song names these are like i know them by the demo names or whatever so and uh it's it's all it, it, it was recorded with david taro right yeah this is the oh, this is an Otero production i did drums with dave back in march uh same room where you know boarded wait not aborted what i'm looking at matt and i'm like thinking about his recent <laughs> cover but um he did um <laughs> He did cattle. He's done a legion oh, yeah. um, yeah. in that room. So he did do the new aborted record, though. So he did aborted. Yeah. So yeah. there it's right. Oh, I'm okay. Almost right. But... okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome. Um, and is, it, w- w- is there a release date on that or is that come out? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, I can't even keep track of what's going on. Uh, we should get the release date out real soon. I know the pre order okay. and release info is coming next week. It's Sweet. kind of all, all in the label where. We're just riding along, along for the ride at this point. Cool. <laughs> but we have music videos dropping and everything soon. So, but check out that first single. It's a short banger, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah so nice. that's okay. my plug for the day. So, shout out to uh, the Dreamer Boys in the chat right now. We got Chris Beatty and Ooh, Rick. Crane. What up, babe? Yeah, Ricky, fucking you guys. That's so funny that you guys both popped in and had the same joke at the same minute, dude. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave's hot chicken tubs and Dave's hot chicken and bathtubs. That was the, you guys should be in a band together if you guys are making the same jokes at the same time. All right. <laughs> oh, and by the way, just a little extra plug. Chris Beatty's the guy who did our intro. For all you guys who still ask that question, you want to know what's up with the intro? It is a collab between Chris Beatty and joseph k and it is something that i love listening to every single week before we start doing this show so i'm glad you guys enjoy it It, we see that comment one in every three videos who did the intro (laughs) it's at the end of the intro guys if you see the text at the very end of the intro all the plugs are there guys you'd be sick as like if we kind of like getting close to our i don't know i guess 200th episode or something um, if we just like got like a GoFundMe or something to like pay Chris and Joseph to like finish it, like make the full song, you know, like to like to like only if I, I can know. do vocals on it, then we'll, we'll do it whole thing. 
it's it's an instrumental, but you can do vocals on it. I'll do vocals on it too, dude. I'll go. He's got a oh fucking suck. Da, da, da. <laughs> I'll be like, Cali I just want to read podcast. Yeah, <laughs> death podcast. Here again, once a week. I don't know, like something stupid. <laughs> like a jingle, yeah. Oh shit! All right, dude. This rain, this rain down here in San Diego has been a little bit insane. Yeah, uh, you guys are I've been texting with the dude at my studio. My room got not flooded but there's a there's leaks in the my little jam room and it's never yeah. happened before ever and so yeah. it's like fuck it's like i don't know where to put the bucket like it's not raining now and stuff and i'm like texting him, like it's all i good. feel like California's it's just turned this like this random thing it's like oh there's a storm yeah. coming tomorrow and you're like oh okay and they're like oh the, yeah there's like you know it's gonna be a little rain and like 70 mile an hour winds like randomly but it's like not a big deal yeah <laughs> like all of a sudden like yeah. all of our shit just like all these trees fell everywhere and it was like the biggest down, storm yeah. ever been part of and i'm like yeah, i was like it, i was at work on like tuesday i think it was and it was just like dude it was a tornado warning like oh know, yeah i saw that i saw what? the picture like, of a san diego like, forming i was like what the fuck is a tornado oh, what's going on around here dude first yeah. hurricane <laughs> last year and now this the fuck <laughs> I want my money back. It's bullshit. <laughs> I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> the city council, be like, I want my money back, dude. Like, yeah. Matt, let's hear your list of uh, plugs you want people to uh, hear about. Where do you want people to go online for uh, all things Matt Palazzo? Oh, man. Uh, I don't, I'm really fucking shit at being on the internet. But Next two of us, brother. <laughs> yes um no i would say just um my band Igian. we have an instagram that we haven't posted anything on in like two years check that out <laughs> oh, yeah. we have we have new we have we've been working in the dark for a while we kind of didn't want to say anything until this year when we're releasing something finally so mm -hmm. uh Aegean experience on instagram um uh, i'm sure most people who follow this podcast follow zenith passage already uh oh, yeah. <laughs> so um and then also playing with uh i got some shows coming up in the upcoming months with uh the in oceano that was real there we go here we go nice oh, oh that one's got one. the shadow behind it that's nice yeah dude there you go yeah um no one pops <laughs> yeah it does but uh otherwise just doing usual uh i just have an instagram page that's like all i got and a youtube but do you teach it all uh i have and am willing to okay mm -hmm. so if you want, i mean that's what, i always i always notice that uh we always kind of like mention it last but a lot of you know musicians and stuff like that, that we have on we're like what do you want to promote they're like oh you could buy a shirt here blah, blah blah but um yeah learning from musicians that you respect and stuff is uh that's definitely a cool little pathway we have now with the with the internet interwebs and also with you playing live shows and stuff do you ever plan on like doing the you know like a lot of drummers and stuff will be like why do lessons that you know on tour or like yeah i've considered it and the amount of questions i get about swivel technique is obscene so i feel like i should capitalize learn start learning how to do that i just got to be a little more bold on my social media presence be like i exist hello <laughs> i will no, yeah i, I think will. that uh yeah go for i it. was I wanted to say that just if you want to learn from somebody, Matt's the guy. It's he's one of the sickest to do it. The swivel game is insane. I'm talking 280, 280 plus yeah, single dude. fucking footed. It's, it's okay. Like the old school as fuck. It's super sick. So I was 
I was watching a couple of videos on your Instagram. I mean, I've seen you play before and I know you're sick and all this, but like I was watching a couple of videos and I was just like, whoa. And I was like, you're doing singles like that fast? Yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah. And I was just like, oh, he's one of those guys. Like it was like another guy you showed me, Joseph, that was kind of like that. What was the other guy? Uh, probably uh, Dave, who's in Obscura uh, now. Um, what was it? But also, I would you say. You cut up for a second for Obscura on the band name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a band. There was a name of a band or something he was from. But anyways, but but dude, I was like, I, that's I'm. It's really hard. To, I mean, Kalias kind of was doing that like stuff like back in the bit like old school days. It was like, wait, you were actually doing single? Like how you you know, like some of those videos. You know, you're just like, wait, what? Like you know. But that's what it was like again. I was like watching. I was like, holy fuck! Like, can you yeah. explain just for me? And I know a lot of people yeah. that are, don't play drums and stuff. Like, what what's what's different about doing a swivel technique singles than doing another technique? um instead of okay let's here's, let's yeah. here's the foot mm -hmm. instead of doing like just straight like you know like that yeah yeah between every stroke i'm like so stroke out stroke in out in out in and it's basically just interweaving that motion between so it's like dun, 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 whoa dun, 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 and if you if, if people that are listening only and that can't see this he's he's masturbating live on the air. yes, yes. <laughs> that's the sound so, i would you too. compare that to like, uh, gravity blast like similar technique in the sense that there's like you're kind of playing with the response of the pedal um Sick drummer, high sick drummer. I don't know who's with or sick drummer, the, right? The, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. vocalist trying to be like, I know, I can feel what you're talking about, and I actually don't. Yeah, it's it's definitely in a way it is like that because when you gravity blast, you're using the rim to get like a secondary hit, mm -hmm. so it's like you're doing mm -hmm. half the work with twice the strokes. With swivel, you're still playing every stroke, but um, you're just using a secondary muscle group for each one, so it's like different muscle group here, different muscle group here, and so you can interweave it, and it's like. You I just love... maybe you just maybe want to ask you a question right now. So, ever since you learned the swivel technique, has muscle definition changed in your legs? Honestly, uh, it's actually since I because I started off doing like straight singles, just heel down. Um, uh -huh. Honestly, I would say it's actually oh. minimized because I've actually used so much less effort now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to say something too. I my recollection of like the old days like when it was like the early 2000s and it was like oh roddy and yeah. like you know the guy okay so the the derek roddy forum and all that kind of like those days you know and uh like my memory of like early interviews with like i think it, maybe it was tim or derek or someone but they were kind of just like i think it was tim maybe actually but he was like oh the swivel technique is like something that just like happens but it's not something that like it's not a technique it's just like your foot moves that way and it was like it just it, it's not like a technique that they like uh you know like 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 focus on pursue master any of that it's, it's kind of just like it just happens it's like a side effect of playing or something like that and that was always in my head for like so many years like like forever and i was just like oh it's not actually but then i've i've heard of course ways I mean, even 10 15 years ago it's it, it became a technique it was something that was considered a technique um and so like maybe i had misinformation or maybe that was just the, that someone's perception or something but like i don't know I've, I've so i've just never thought of it yeah that's so what do you guys think um uh, well we got professor I, i'll i'll chime in but i'll let the master explain <laughs> after but uh what i what master. i remember 
them saying is um, like George and guys would be like, if you start approaching those speeds and playing single strokes, your feet will naturally okay, try to yeah. conserve their energy by finding like a shortcutted like way to use multiple muscle groups or whatever. So it's not so much that you have to learn it as you'll naturally start to do it. But I don't know. And having I'm not like always practicing swiveling, so I don't know if it really comes that out. I think it is something you might actually have to think about doing to really learn it. So yeah. Yeah, it is. The first time I saw him in person was Spencer uh, from Son of Aurelius. Oh, yeah. I, I just found it. I found like what it actually was, though, because I didn't know what you were talking about. It's this part right here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you yeah, get like madness. ankle fatigue, dude? Like, or knee fatigue from the side to side twist? When I, when I first started, I did, and that was a quick concern, but I am, uh, I am blessed with a mother who has been a yoga teacher my whole life. Oh, and, nice, um, dude. Nice. She, yeah, she was quick to give me some, like, exercises on how to not hurt myself and, like, reinforce. Um, it's not yeah. not ex doing extreme motions to the point where I would hurt it. Because when I first started, I was definitely, like, you really just try to, like, whip your ankles out as much as you can, and that does fuck with your knees a lot. So as time went on, I just started learning to relax. And there is actually science behind getting your heel. A lot of people see that you'll see this pressure swivel thing. There's actually like a science behind dropping your heel closer to the floor as mm -hmm. close to the floor as possible that relieves a bunch of the, um, I don't know the technical terms, but the muscles that support the knee mm -hmm. um, that actually makes it much more um, healthy and safer to do. Trip. So mm -hmm. wow, you're, awesome. you're already making me want to just like, pull away from this for a second because you mentioned that your mom was avid or you said she was an instructor yoga instructor yeah, yeah she still is since pretty much my whole life actually so okay so talk about that a little bit dude so um as a child did how how young were you when she uh introduced yoga or, or you know just stretching and getting limber and being like taking physical care of your body um, she was always trying to like integrate it into me. I being me as a, you know, a, a lot of part of growing up is you kind of rebel against what your parents are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I naturally kind of like, didn't want anything to do with it, even all the way through high school, which is mm -hmm. when I was starting to play drums was in high school. So I, um, really after into my early twenties, I started feeling the pain kind of stuff. And then um my mom showed me some stuff and uh actually also way back in the day i did a a sick drummer magazine competition with um <laughs> shout out ian for uh for uh, misery index back in like 2015 which i had the honor of winning which was cool but i literally nice. learned the song like two days before and jarvis is literally like just whole fucking time you know mm -hmm. um and i uh totally throughout my wrists um doing that because i learned the song like the day before i recorded it so i just played it for 10 hours straight um but i started hurting so I, I started asking my mom more and more and she started showing me some stuff and then honestly i didn't really really get into doing it every day i do yoga every morning now um probably about three-ish years ago nice, um and dude. my physical fit my my physical fitness, my well being, my drumming, everything's gotten better. It's it's like how, 
awesome is that, dude? Nice. You yeah. know, and and isn't that funny? There's so many times in your head, like, what if I just listen to mom? I know, <laughs> mom's <laughs> always right. <laughs> mom is always right, dude. Hashtag metal for moms. Um, <laughs> yeah, that actually works out <laughs> with that uh, little story. It does definitely. Oh, where um, is it? Here it is. I think that that yeah, really yeah. is. <laughs> That's, I mean, with uh, not just yoga and your mom, but I'm saying we, we talk about rebelling against your parents and stuff like that. There's a lot of times where you realize that you shouldn't have, and now yeah. you got to kind of, you know, make up for lost time in certain situations, you know, it's, but that, what better time than now, you know, and oh, then yeah. you said being three years into it, I'm sure you, you're way more limber than me right now. I used to be able to, get get down and, and like really put my almost my arms on the ground when i'd be yeah you know but that's that was because right. i was constantly moving and doing it every day right. and that's the thing dude is keeping the routine the routine is also to the i want to clear up real quick the metal for moms we're not like being like weird good people <laughs> haven't watched for a while um <laughs> it's kind of an inside i mean let's my mom and and also uh uh BD's mom was like oh, into yeah. metal and stuff. And um, my mom randomly asked me out of nowhere, you know, like, oh, I've listened to this band Dreamer. Have you heard of them? And I'm like, what the fuck out of all the metal you could have like, brought up? She's all this band Dreamer is really sick. And I'm like, there's you didn't even how did you find that? I don't even know. She just like, on like YouTube. the guitar player did the, the intro to my show. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a mom's dream come true. Kind of music. Yeah, it's not like a, like, oh, metal for milfs. We're not like being stupid about it. We're being <laughs> metal like, for milfs. Like, <laughs> we, we just I know with no context. So we're just saying metal That's for moms. Ridiculous. It just sounds like a bro. All, idiot all moms. All moms. Yeah, all yeah. moms. Not all yeah. moms are milfs, but all milfs are moms, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry. Poetry. Wow. All right. Um, I want to just set out the timeline. I know, Matt, you've been in like a ton of sick bands. I want to, or played with a ton of sick bands. I want to make sure we talk about your like decrepit birth tour, obviously, with these alumni. That's right. Here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, filling in for Black Dahlia as well on that tour. Obviously, your Zenith stuff. And then obviously Aegean because you're like the main songwriter. Uh, I think we'll get at to this all point. that, dude. So I'm gonna make yeah. sure that's everyone else to hit all those. Yeah, definitely in the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in the in the near future, I just want to get you know how we do it. We got to go back to the beginning with this gentleman. Yeah, Matt, uh, Garfield. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, no. What were you about to say? <laughs> Not the beginning. I was like BattleforgeCoffee.com. <laughs> yeah, BattleforgeCoffee.com. Go back to the beginning, dude. Put the homies right. up. <laughs> what if I did do that, dude? How long would it take for you guys to reset me? Like, uh, just oh, dude, if we just mute stuff. you and then you get all mad and then we just start talking. <laughs> like, and then I would get mad. Yep, all that stuff. <laughs> all right, um, Matt. We already talked about mom and stuff. Let's go back okay. into uh, childhood and let's let's talk about what it was like being little matt in your household um who was creative around you when did you uh when were you attracted to art at the earliest memory you could think of um for me honestly i'd say the youngest memory i don't there's my uh i don't know exactly i can't pinpoint it. i'm guessing i was three or four um i was sitting in the back seat driving in northern california with my family somewhere and uh, my dad's favorite band is van halen nice. um 
And so I just remember hearing that. And that was like my first, I feel like my first real memory of being like, this is really cool. I don't know what's happening to me. Um, just, you know, the euphoria of coming to music and stuff like that. Um, but when I was in, I tell this story a lot to people who know me. When I was like six, I got one of those in the 90s. I got one of those like cheap, maybe it was Sony. I don't remember, like little boom boxes with like a CD cassette thing on it sounded terrible um but mm -hmm. yeah. i thought it was the coolest thing in the world and yeah. i had yeah i had like four cds that i kind of took from my parents i had um death leopards hysteria and uh a car's greatest hits um goo goo dolls boy named goo and then um a lot of people don't like it but uh van halen's last like real record which is called balance um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had those four and I would come home from school and I would just sit on the floor and like listen to those like front to back and just sit in right. front of it and not do anything. And um, so how old were you at that time? Like ages, like I was like age six to eight. And kind of so what year were you born? 92. I'm 31. Okay. So yeah. six, so 98, you're sitting there and you're listening. To, so are, are you... What's the sibling situation? Are you the youngest, oldest, middle? What? I'm the oldest. I got a little sister who's like a year and a half younger than me. Okay. So are your parents fairly young or? My mom had me when she's 25 and my dad was 33. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just hearing the references of music. I'm trying to figure out, yeah. you know, where they were. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess you could definitely, I'm into all the 80s stuff too. And I'm. Right. younger than your parents so it's yeah um so you're sitting there and you're you, so jack you know it's taking cds from the parents that's something that i forgot about until you just said that that i would right. definitely steal cds out of the collection and keep them in my room until the parents figured out that they were missing right you know? yeah yeah so that's 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 a rad thing to do so you're saying six you were so when what was the first um instrument for you was it drums or was it something else it wasn't drums uh we had a guitar in the house one of my my dad never really took it seriously but every once in a while he would attempt to play like 316 by van halen which is like D -d 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 that little thing mm -hmm. he would do that every like few weeks and i would hear him getting frustrated about that he never really played music though but um so we had a guitar i would pick it up every once in a while but i never did anything with it so but i i went to this weird hippie kind of school system called the waldorf school growing up okay. after like fifth grade and when you join i joined in fifth grade they make you play like an orchestral string instrument and i i played fucking viola damn um, hmm. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely hated it, and I was in I was already getting into metal, so I would legitimately like when I I never wanted to practice, so I would literally just down tune it and just chug on it with a bow. <laughs> um, so, but that was my first introduction to like it, playing an instrument and having to. But then on a whim, one day, like around the time right before I was getting starting high school, I was listening to. I was still a pop punk kid and also a metal kid. So I was listening to like Blink-182, but I was also into like the Kill Switch at the time and all that stuff. And I just jokingly mm -hmm. went up to my mom, hoping that 
like, hey, can I play drums? And expecting her to just like laugh at me and say no. And she said, if you take lessons, and that's kind of just how it started. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's totally awesome. Uh, I'm I'm sorry if you already mentioned it, but where were you born? Where were you growing up? I was actually I was born in Santa Barbara, California. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, which is lovely, but we had to move out of there when I was pretty young. It's really expensive. Um, and yeah. then uh, I spent most of my formative years in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. How Pretty far cool. is that from Albuquerque? Yeah, uh, just an hour. An hour? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where. Uh, I mean, I, I was born in Albuquerque. And oh hell yeah! Parents, okay. My parents moved. I mean, they they moved out to Santa Cruz, but they've since moved back. And so, like my all my extended family and stuff, Albuquerque and stuff like that. So I, I'm. Okay. Are you uh are you green chili or red chili? What's going on? With I'm that? a I'm a red chili guy. Oh, which, interesting. I don't know which. Uh, if you're if you're like a yeah red or green, I'll do Christmas too. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but um, dude, Christmas that sounds like my deal. I'm sure I would like I both of them, so I would just say mix it up. Yeah, it's a trippy place. I mean, you know, like I said, I've talked about it a few times in the podcast, but you go to anywhere, go to McDonald's, and it's yeah, like they got green chili. chili on it. It's yeah. not like, like it's it's the only place in the United States, you know, after touring a bunch where it's like it, they offer it on all of the fast food items of yeah. when you, know, you know, are, yeah. You know your local shit is potent when it's on the, you know, corporate fast yeah. food men menus in that area. Yeah. It's yeah. so loud that you guys love that, that corporate is literally having meetings like, okay, we need to add these things to the menus in these specific parts because yeah. these people love this shit so much that we want to just try and get their fucking dollar menu value, bro. Nah. I want to believe it's grassroots. It's like every single franchise owner is like, of course Has we're it. doing it. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. like top totally down. Totally right, dude. That's totally my theory. Right. It, it's, a, it's the independent, you know, Richies in those areas that grew up there. There's actually a dude from Pacifica that owns a McDonald's that used to live right up the street from my my house. And uh, I you could totally tell he was like, mr rich man in the neighborhood but at the same time he was pacifica the whole time so it's like those people definitely buy a franchise and then they're trying to infuse their local you know tastes i, I, I don't really thing. see it that often though i don't like if we go to montreal or you go to quebec or something i don't see like i don't i don't go to you know i've never gone to a i probably don't go to fast food places when i'm out there but um you don't see like if there was a mcdonald's they don't gonna offer poutine McDonald's, well, you know, for fries, you know, it's like, like New Mexico is the only place I've ever seen where they infuse the like local delicacy in all of every like Wendy's, whatever, yeah. whatever the KFC, anything you can think of, it's it's all Subway. in there. Yeah. yeah, Subway, like you never like that's the only place where it's like, well, okay, here we'll we'll do it, but like everywhere else is kind of like you don't really see it that often. Yeah, I guess in Europe it is, but dude, we're in the fucking McDonald's weeds right now. Come on, dude. We're not even a fight. We just got past a half an hour. We're in the McDonald's. You guys ever tried a Big Mac, dude? Yeah. Albuquerque or not Albuquerque. Sorry. What was the city Santa that you said? Santa, Santa, Santa Fe. Fe. Yeah. Santa okay. Fe. So you're, that's, and you said you moved out there when you were young. How old when you moved? I was, uh, I was like uh, about to turn 10. So. Okay, so you were definitely conscious yeah. as you were moving. So that, do that. I mean, talk about a little bit what it's like to move at that age, dude. Move away from your homies that you completely had different that style decade, of, of place too. A completely different style. Of yeah, place. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm actually so it's not my one of my proudest specialties, but I'm actually like really pro at moving. I'm like I'm 31 now. This is my 31st home. Shut oh, the fuck up, dude. Yeah, I'm in my 31st residency of my life. So you're talking, you, you you're a pro for sure, dude. Yeah. So um, but like Crazy, moving dude. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. And I'm actually about to fucking move again. Um <laughs> but um the it's uh moving I will say moving from Santa Barbara to Santa Fe, New Mexico was like kind of weird because I was like there were palm trees and beaches and pretty people yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, and then I was like, We're moving to the desert, there's brown here. And so uh, did the moving around was the moving around a bunch when you were a kid though too, or did the moving yeah. start to pick up after you started moving out? So you guys never really rooted yourself in a place. No, it was yeah, we never really rooted. I I'm, I was born in Santa Barbara. I lived there for a real short. I lived so Santa Barbara, Lompoc, California. Uh, I've lived in Pleasant Hill, California. I've lived in mm-hmm. Foster City, California. No mm-hmm. shit. Um, Phoenix, Arizona, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico. Fuck yeah, Taos. Um, yeah, dude. Taos is like <laughs> the craziest. If you want to meet the craziest New Mexicans, that's where you go. Totally, totally. Um, uh, I've lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. I've lived in Evansville, Indiana. I've lived in Jesus. Uh, so it's not like moving. You're not moving down the street. You're not moving to a new neighborhood. It's like you're moving states. That's yeah. That's so I, that's a good distinction to make, actually. I gotta know what was Dad doing. What was what was Dad, the reason why you guys were popping around all over the place? He was he was doing like a, a lot of disaster restoration business stuff. Like you guys have probably seen like Coit or Service Master. Yeah. Um, my dad used to run work. I he worked for those kind of companies when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and he would work for Service Master for a bit. Then he would go work for Coit. And then when I was ten, he'd been doing that for like fifteen years at that point, even before I was born. And then he got offered to own a Service Master franchise in New Mexico, so we moved to New Mexico and mm, um interesting yeah, yeah i know it's real riveting stuff but it's like no but uh, still though, that's the reason why you're moving around though yeah yeah that's so. it is riveting that's why i asked the question dude. <laughs> 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 all right so so when was what were you living you were in new mexico when you asked for the drum set yeah i was in new mexico i was um i thought it would i thought it would uh make girls like me more <laughs> didn't work that way ah uh. <laughs> <laughs> take your aggression out on the skins bro. Just yeah, one dude. more bpm dude. <laughs> yeah one more just one more dude one more bpm then it'll happen you can do oh, 281 <laughs> all drummers are just like dude if i just get a little faster dude it's gonna happen let's see what's gonna happen one in dude <laughs> like what's the ratio of like bpm to like the hotter the person like it's like oh you can only yeah. do like 110 it's like once you get 25 more then you move up another point and then but it's just playing death metal like un- unlistenable stuff to women just like yeah dude i just need to fucking get faster so they don't understand it as much it's gonna there's be so many of us, though. there's yeah. gotta be a chick out there that literally is like the hottest drummer is the fastest drummer there's one <laughs> chick everybody nobody's gonna bet me in vegas on that there's one chick out of eight billion that's like the fastest drummer. Can play hardest. a few Blink One Eight Two songs on the drums, and they're just like looking yeah. for the fastest. Dude, <laughs> oh, dude, that's rude. I'm low key, probably not gonna want to be with that girl if she exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're looking for the fastest drummer. <laughs> Holy shit! You're probably nuts. <laughs> <laughs> 
So mom's oh saying, God. all right, we'll get, we'll, we'll figure out the drum set situation. If you get <laughs> lessons and you agreed to that. Yeah. But yeah, dude. So she said, I agree if you go and actually pursue it, you know, because yeah. that that's actually a smart move from your mom because, you know, so many people start and fail, not just instruments, but everything in life, you know, right. start and, and decide that they don't want to do it anymore. And then they back out and then you're stuck with a drum set in the garage. She's, she's just looking at the long haul, you know, right. yeah. so how was getting lessons did was it uh was it a place or did it just a person that you had to go to their house they came to your house um my first teacher was uh there was a girl in my sister's class year below me who had an older brother who was like a drummer and my sister told her friend that my brother was going to start playing drums and she's like oh my brother plays drums he teaches drums and so i i started getting lessons from this dude named jackson matey in santa fe and he was just he played in this local band in santa fe called toast it's like kind of like jammy kind of he's he's pretty pretty cool he was very cool i was like a shy kid and he was like a like hot local musician kind of dude mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. ladies like him shit, you know um and uh first thing he made me learn how to do was learn how to play a gorilla radio raging it's machine or whatever nice. oh, yeah, yeah yeah so um that was like where i started but uh i only took lessons with him for like a few months and then we moved surprising um <laughs> and uh i moved to this place outside of santa fe called lamey and it's a really yeah. tiny little place um and that's where i spent most of my time and it turns out our nate we set up my drum set and i started playing it my neighbor could hear it but it turns out my neighbor had been this like jazz drummer for like 30 years oh damn and he was just like, you know, I teach lessons if you want to take lessons. So he just became my teacher through high school, pretty much. His name was Dave Brady. That's awesome. That's, so awesome. How, that's rad as shit. So talk about the, uh, did you just go over to his place and play yep. on his kit? Sometimes he would come over to my place, but a lot of time he wanted me to come over to his place to kind of like make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Um, Cause he was like a mailman who just like played local jazz clubs at night. Wow. Um, and he's he's a real trippy dude. Um, was he a shredder? He, he was a shredder. He's a shredder. He referred to everybody as like cats and all that stuff. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. old like, school. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. Okay, I'm like, oh, he shit. turned a like, dog later. Just turned. What's up, dog? What is <laughs> yeah, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is strange how it just evolved into that too. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's rad, dude. So he, yeah, he heard you and he saw some kind of potential to where he wants to devote some part of his life to help you dude that's fucking rad yeah. it was real cool it was real cool he's a great dude um I owe a lot to that man he made me like because i was like in high school i was like i want to listen to decapitated and he's like we're not going to do that you can yeah. do that on your own time um uh -huh. and so he like made me do all this stuff he made me like sit in for him at like jazz club what did he think, think of that like hearing like decapitated for the first you're time. right what, in my yeah what, what did it blink, like a jazz drummer yeah. like at the time it's like because are you, you know what like nihility or, uh, or something? my my favorite was so i was in i'm a late i'm a little bit of a late bloomer so i was obsessed with organic hallucinosis okay, okay. Um, yeah. and it's got day 69 on it so um yeah yeah it's got that little drum solo 
and uh, I was showing him that song, and he was just like, he's like, his these cats are crazy, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's real funny. He he has like this little head bobbing motion. He'd be like, yeah, these cats are crazy. Man. So he was he was bobbing to it, huh? Okay. Yeah, he's bobbing. He's like he's like he, he's typical every metalhead. Just like whatever, it's like oh, I don't know about the vocals. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I've heard that yeah, 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 million yeah, yeah. and a half times in my life. But um, you just be like, dude, the drums are bonkers, man. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, same that's same with me. I had, I had a local guitar teacher for me that taught me like my first songs ever, and um, I was like sixteen or sixteen, no, seventeen or eighteen. Just like okay, I want to get like, just like start playing like legitimately, and then um i got a necrophagist it was before it was like from the internet it wasn't even like they had not signed a willow tip yet it was just that original uh onset album oh yeah and i like it was just all written in shitty burn cd because it wasn't available anywhere and um i brought it to him and i was like dude teach me this he's like go fuck yourself because we're, <laughs> <not, laughs> we're not starting here but the thing is i left it there and i ran into him probably 10 15 years later and he was like, dude, I show that to all my students. I show that. That's like the album I show to everyone. Be like, oh, you want to talk about crazy? Check this shit out. You know, he like he used that like little shitty, like fucking Sharpie necrophagist thing I, yeah. I drew on there. And like, he's all, dude, I use that for every it skips on track six. But like every other track I like. fucking. <laughs> but that's that's really cool to like see him or see your teacher kind of like a lot of people. You, you kind of expect sometimes the older generation to be like yeah well you know blah 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 excuse here excuse there why i don't like it but to like actually kind of embrace it a little bit and be like, they're, they're fucking crazy but still yeah. let's start the whole with, reason let's why start here not, let's not, yeah joel joel beat me to it but it's so funny that joel and i had the exact same question because i wanted to see his reaction and it literally is the whole reason why joel and i are asking that question because we're waiting for one of those you know more experienced older dudes to give us the nod even if they're not in yeah. death metal or whatever we're just looking for one of those uh respected dudes in our eyes to be introduced to something that we're in love with right. and give us the like yeah little wink like right that shit's dope so yeah but that's it it's no matter what, dude, you put death metal on the plate of somebody who's never been served death metal before. It's not going to go well 99% of the time, you know? Right. There's going to be elements that somebody, that, that those people might be able to cling to, whether it be, you know, the guitar or percussion. It's definitely not going to be the vocals, like we were just saying. Right. And it's been a, a common thing theme on this show, dude. 166 episodes in, the vocals will never be accepted right off the bat if you, the person hasn't been introduced to that style of vocal delivery. Until then, you know, it's always going to hit them like a curveball. And but there's there's some elements in this music that I know if the right ears from somebody outside of this thing were to listen to it, they can still kind of grasp certain aspects of it right. and, you know, filter it into their perceptions of what music sounds like, blah, 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 blah. We're looking for the dude who's just like, all right, this shit's crazy, but he still gave you the nods. So I'm like, yeah. that's, 
that's one the only thing we're looking for in that dude is just like yeah yeah cool that's yeah it's definitely (laughs) it's not bullshit you guys are actually doing something cool even though it's something that i can't get into necessarily i see that there is talent involved that's all it is because most people are just like it's just noise right you know because they can't comprehend the it's just i mean what i mean it's like what they were raised with they're raised with you know it's like vocals are first and that's what we want to sing along with when we're not like playing instruments so right um it's it's just kind of like i i I see that with a lot of people and and i definitely i understand it a lot but um and that's why i don't even want to when people would ask me what band you drew with i just make up a name i just don't even yeah, watch I, don't, I, I don't yeah don't look <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like i don't even want to like i don't want to go through that again i don't want you to ask me it's cool like you guys are talented but the vocals i, I just right. like it's like it's like a it's tr- it's like i'm triggered now <laughs> like right. like I, I get triggered when when you I say had a, like oh, the vocals go ahead Casey. i had a guy go off at me at walmart the other day like the <laughs> checkout guy with the receipt you know and he's like He's like, oh, what's that shirt? It's like a Fidian eye shirt or something. And he's just like, nice. you know, and he's just like, oh, is that one of those bands with the scream vocals? And he's like, <laughs> and they just started going on. Like, it was almost like it's like a, it's like, like a religious thing or something. It's like, oh, that's just not, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. It's, but I, I think it's know, cool it's now that like wearing like a different imagery, symbol. The imagery of your yeah. shirt that it like triggered a uh, memory of screaming vocal extreme band so now yeah. in just the regular setting like going to the grocery store uh that like if i were to wear this shirt i don't think people are going to be like does that sound like taylor swift you know? <laughs> yeah <they're- laughs> it's, it's but going to be extreme but that's but to the young crowd that's becoming all cool now like the crazy logos and all that in the metal look it's like a total thing with of course and even with of course the kardashians and all but that. how sick is if you wear a last of lucy shirt but, and, you're the, and you're at the place and someone goes like "Fuck yeah last of lucy and then you're like that's like I'm the like, sickest like yeah, yeah. lottery thing summer, ever guy let's talk about it yeah it's like no it's it's still like if someone like recognizes a, a dreamer shirt or a, an odious shirt or whatever a yeah. shirt a, you're like "Fuck yeah dude like want to shake yeah, their hand what's your name like, what's it going on? you know i want should we be level. friends now i have to like yeah. break down if she should be friends or not like are you weird or what's going on like <laughs> what do you but, do uh, for a living <laughs> but seeing that you know there's been a lot of like you know it's like the there's been things reels made of like two guys with slayer shirts on like oh we're metalheads and no it's okay but like to see it like at a deeper level of like a more underground band of someone if, if a dude was wearing a spawn obsession shirt at fucking safeway i'd be like dude i'd what, run what, to what, him i would, yeah. I would run <laughs> across if if i was in the produce section and he was in the frozen aisle on the other side <laughs> of the grocery store dude i'm putting if, my basket it's a high five at least a high it, five dude. Yeah. we just gotta yeah. i gotta let you know we're in the same bubble Dude, that's I mean, what needs to happen we converge like, in public at the same time so what if there was like like some big like <laughs> yeah yeah he's on I would, chase, I would chase you around you the grocery chris, store chris dude you're gonna fucking security is gonna stop me from getting to you dude yeah <laughs> if someone had a dreamer shirt on you'd be like fuck that guy dude I'm not, i don't <laughs> yeah. trust that guy at all <laughs> it'd be funny if there was like a fancy clothing line like the gap or something and they started like putting like death metal logos on things oh like, they have i mean i yeah. remember seeing uh really? walking by of not a volcom but what's uh etnies or one of those like bro shops but they they took mm-hmm. over the uh fuck the black uh, dark throne 
Okay. It was just Dark Throne shit everywhere, but it was like skater brands with Dark Throne oh, the same logo. They, they rip it off, yeah. No, yeah, no. yeah. And then you see like you know uh, celebrities. Yeah, some yeah. celebrities will wear like Cannibal Corpse, like a uh, Travis Barker. No, I mean, the like the actual. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're wearing Cannibal Corpse. You're like, oh my god. Well, the skate, I'm like the mad. Skate companies have been doing that forever, and it was always kind of cheesy, like ripping off Iron Maiden logo, you know, all that stuff. Like. It yeah, was just yeah. Like, it was like funny, but it was like, well, you know, whatever. But it wasn't like cool. It wasn't like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, oh, that's right. But like, but uh, yeah, that was, oh my god, that yeah. So, <laughs> I thought that was fake. I thought that was like, I was like, oh, it's it's a funny ironic picture because of his comments. And so then just and then I was like searching Google. I'm like, oh, dude, there's like yeah. nine angles of him wearing that. Well, what like, it is uh, is the like one of the most popular artists of our day, but he's also a, the biggest troll like that's the trolliest move you could do yeah i mean he's just trying to get make us it's, it's people like you know they're kind of losing it and they're just making a splash and and i don't think even like for that that's such a random thing that people are going to know well, the that's fuck not that random is. after his jew and hitler comments dude you know <laughs> oh i know so, i was i would just said his comments you, know, you have to one. say it out loud <laughs> but uh <laughs> hopefully this hopefully this Hopefully it stays up, but uh, bring up his shit Instagram. I'm sorry, Instagram. Long. I'm sorry, Instagram. Right. Don't take us down out of the weeds. <laughs> take us out of the weeds. Um, so <laughs> when did you uh find dude. drumsticks in the wild? <laughs> in the wild, yeah. oh no, I was gonna say though, when you meet a metalhead in public with like a six shirt, um, yeah. I am a huge black metal guy. You do not yeah. want to do it with black metal guys. <laughs> They're like usually like if they have like a battle jacket on, don't approach them. Just You're like walk up, just be like, "Fuck that, that band sucks." Like <laughs> find one song on there and just say it sucks. <laughs> yeah, they might actually kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, or be your best friend. Metal. Yeah. Oh man! I uh, mean, to me, if you wear that, if you're wearing a vest, it's actually against the OGs, you know, mentality. Right. It is. It's very like the cult mentality yeah. of yeah. the whole thing. What black metal is like? You yeah. go back to what it, what the foundations were built on. You know, wearing patches and go and and it's all right. As soon as that happens, it's not what it was. Right, exactly. But, there, I mean, also like many... with Birdsome, it's kind of weird with the National Socialistic shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, they are. No, definitely. That's why you, I know. That's why I was surprised that he actually wore. It. But have um, there was like a weird urge for me in the last six months to to make a battle vest. <laughs> I, was, I just had this like it was like a midlife no. crisis. Like, uh, I mean, uh, Trevor Black Dahlia R.I.P. But like he like had a sick one, and I was like. Fuck, dude, you're making those look cool, Trevor. I might have to like uh, try to. I wonder what mine would look like. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a project when you're a kid making, you know, putting patches on things and what it represents to you. And because like you always see like battle vests nowadays. When I see them, there's always just like like 15 bands, and I'm like, bro, you put that on your shirt. And that's that's the one you yeah you, like, you got. And like like you're like you Metallica, Iron Maid. It's like you're doing like the most like rich bands in the world like all over your vest i'm like all right dude well they don't need any promotion so um right. you're at a death you know. dude i don't care if you're into metallica dude yeah like, know. you know exodus is like cool. we're all we all respect it because we're in the bay yeah yeah <laughs> but, we all respect it though we all respect slayer and all those things from like our old school like roots but we're not gonna be like 
dude just like right here like huge like we're not gonna be like iron maiden like walking just like all right dude you ever heard of them it's like yeah they sold 57 million albums (laughs) being kind of assholes and egotistical too because what if metallica still is like the life-changing thing to that guy you know i mean they're still on the charts i'm like oh you need to have more underground patches for me to Sign off on your battle. Yeah, Joel's, Joel's getting never made one over here. <laughs> Joel, yeah. does, he doesn't even have a vest yet. He's already getting all. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm already have vest. I already have vest overconfidence. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> vest, vest rage. Vest rage. Uh, <laughs> vest, oh, hashtag vest rage. Dude. Is that a new hashtag? I'm going yeah. to. For is, Christmas, dude. for Joel's birthday, I'm ordering a Metallica battle. That's for you, dude. dude so I will weird. wear it everywhere. I'll wear it to the most underground death metal shows. <laughs> just a load one, just like walking around with like load. <laughs> All right, we're officially Anyways. so far into the weeds. I don't even remember where we fucking left off, guys. Jeez. I don't know where we were at. Santa Fe playing drums, jazz drummer. No, it teacher. wasn't. It wasn't. That's jazz drummer that teacher. Scene. Wasn't jazz Happy. drummer teacher? Words all the above. Yes, jazz. I had it. Yeah, Dave Brady. That was where he nailed it. Boom. Um, back in, guys. Yeah. Uh where were we? We were yeah, cool. Oh yes, validation of like one of those like higher up dudes. Um <laughs> fucking yeah. The um what was it? Yeah, we we're talking about having like the validation of like one of those the the old the elders of our yeah of yeah. our of our race respecting and I just also just realized it was me who took us out of that. Sorry guys. <laughs> we're good. No, dude, it's fun. <laughs> The ride is what counts, man. Um, sure. The, uh, but yeah, just getting in all that kind of stuff. Let's see, where, where, how can I segue this? What was I doing? Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll ask you another question. So, all right, Santa Fe, how long, how long were you in Santa Fe before you moved out of there? Uh, I moved out of Santa Fe when I was 18 to go to college in Minnesota. Okay, so you were there. Okay, so we're going to back it up then. Because, eight years, eight years. Eight yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there for eight years. Um, yeah. You got, you got the lessons mom got you the kit right. now what was your driving force at the time what was you know the carrot on the stick you listen to a band that you're just like i gotta sound like this dude and this is my goal to play this song you know yeah uh nile yeah nice. i heard i heard yeah, i heard that's a big i got carrot, dude yeah, it was a big care. I got like every other fucking drummer. I got his metal drumming DVD when it came out, and I was really? like, "This is really so." Like, yeah. no, like ease into the death metal. It was just like I got a kit now. I'm gonna play Nile. Like, no, I was so I had started playing. Like, I tried learning. Like, I thought like Lamb of God was drum parts were really sick and stuff. Nice, like that. hell yeah. And um, I really like Lamb of God. And my other actually, I credit my, I guess, cleanliness as a player to learning to play Fear Factory songs nice um and i'm still a huge fear factory fan me too me too oh yeah me too um so because it's all rhythm there's like nothing Mm -hmm. so um yeah fear factory was like a lot of what i started getting like the foots interested in the foot stuff and then i was into i heard uh decapitated and sugar around the same time and then but i heard I didn't even get into Nile. I just got George's DVD because I saw a clip of it on the internet and I was like, this dude's ridiculous. And then I mm-hmm. got obsessed with Nile after that. Um, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Like the crazy kick drums. Even my grandpa watched a video. He was like visiting us when I had that DVD and I was just 
in the living like the den with my practice pads watching that and he's like my grandpa was like a more open dude he's like what the hell <laughs> is that uh, and That's he was cool. just yeah he was just like doing one of his crazy like pushing like the rhythm tempo tables from like 200 to 280 yeah and i was yeah. just like wait grandpa he's gonna do 280 you have to see 280 it's the craziest <laughs> thing you've ever seen <laughs> and uh yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. i did the same exact thing in my college dorm room like the basement i like did a showing i like put that george coley's dvd in and i'm like to my like new college friends i'm like watch watch and like they were like okay this is cool but they were let's go drink or whatever i'm like i'm gonna stay i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna (laughs) say but yeah dude that that was iconic and i have my signed copy still and i brought a copy of annihilation to george at his clinic last year and he like signed it so i got like two signed yeah that it really makes sense that you would get in through the same route as me. That was like yeah. all I cared about doing. At the time yeah, too. same. Casey was my first music teacher, and okay. I was just like, nice. I want to learn decrepit birth and Nile. So yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> dude, decrepit birth is hard as fuck. Um, but yeah, it was um, that was that was really it. Uh, it was Nile, and then but when I was a senior in high school, I got into um, black metal, and um. I was still always I was always into every kind of metal. I was never I was never elitist ever. Uh-huh. I was always into like I really liked death metal. I loved black metal. I loved deathcore. I loved metalcore. And like I I knew I learned quickly that I couldn't say which bands I was into around certain people. Mm-hmm. I could just and I would I had like different friend groups. I was into like the gent thing when that started. I was into mm-hmm. all that stuff and I would have like I had like my death metal friend group, my black metal friend group, my like genty boys over here and like it was really funny it was just a weird uh thing to me but i was really intrigued with like the black metal stuff the guys the i think they are the best at blast beats okay so it was more like a, a rhythmic thing that was yeah more kind of i like heard hard... yeah i heard like frost from 1349 yeah and i was yeah. like what <laughs> <laughs> he's like not only is he blasting this fast his stick height is like almost like this and big. the duration too, right? The duration yeah. of them like hitting, like just going forever, like ever. Yeah, like, like death metal has that. Like it's more foot. A lot of it's more foot oriented, more in the like brutal death metal stuff. And um, but like the black metal, I was just like these, their hands. How do they? How do they... <laughs> yeah, Dominator. Thank you. Yeah, Dominator. Dominator, and also fucking. I think the best nice. right now is uh, Jaloma, who's in Dark Funeral right now, or is he? Even okay, that dude's. Oh, dude, Literally. I saw them recently, and I was blown away. It that was dude such is such aggressive stupid. drum. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I literally yeah. think he has the best hands on the planet right now. Damn. Um, like That's he, awesome. He's Who blasting, was that again? Uh, Jaloma. I don't know how you actually say his name. It's like Jalom, Jaloma. J- I, don't, I don't know. It's, he's oh, literally the craziest oh, no. Jan- blaster. Here we go. Jane? Oh, sorry. Jane? Jane? Yeah, Jane. Okay. Jane? Jane? Yeah. Um, okay, and I'm gonna just throw this out here. I'm I'm hoping that Ian can uh, help me out if if you guys can't, or maybe Matt. I don't know if Dod Himsgard or Dod oh, yeah. he, so a Umbra Omega that out, not the newest one, but the one right before that. It's a six track, over an hour album, and the drummer on that album. Uh, I up, up until that point, I don't even remember finding any other th- 
thing about this dude, but his um, performance on that album really, really impressed me in how hard and fast that dude plays too. And I'm, I'm hoping that that dude, I'm literally just bringing this up just to find out if that dude has been involved in anything else besides that band since that release chat or Matt or where's Krispy Kreme cat or dog or anybody come in. I mean, help me out. I just looked them up on metal archives and he only has one other credit and it's a band grand alchemist and it's from 2012, which is before the 2015 record you just talked about. So nothing yeah, else dude, except that wild live, live drums for blood red throne and code. Okay. I don't know. So nothing, nothing if else. If you dude. hear this album, you would think that this dude is, should have been um, sought after by 20 different bands after this record came out, dude. And he hasn't done anything. I don't even know his name. I can't remember his name. Uh, I, I have only listened to the band once. If I'm not mistaking it, Chris introduced it to me. Hi, Chris, um, in the chat. Um, um, and I was night driving on tour, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, um, I, you guys were just talking black metal and drumming, and I just that literally sparked my memory of this dude. And I'm like, this, what a performer, and, and such little to show for his abilities yeah it's a i that was i don't there's so there's so many there's sadly so many instances of that in just the world right. to me i don't know because the amount of like talent that people are unaware of is just i don't know it's 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 something that used to like actually stress me out growing up because my dad would always tell me he's like do you know how many brilliant people there are in the world that nobody's ever going to know yeah. I was like, why are you trying to kill the mood right now? <laughs> <laughs> that is harsh. Um, We're talking about nihility. Yeah. That is nihilism in the sense that like a small percentage of all the greats are going to come into your your radar and then the rest are just going to fall into right. the wake, you know? Yeah. And that, I mean, it's kind of beautiful in a sense to know that people like us who are constantly striving striving to uh discover all these um artists that would pertain to our specific interests to know that it's the well is so deep that i'll never get my fill it's actually kind of beautiful dude I, and that's just positive thinking. I mean, if sense. you want to go down to like what the kind of like the anxiety driven, what Matt's kind of talking about, like think about like if what members of what bands were living in different cities and what would have become of the music of different members were living at different spots at a certain time. And then this, this singer was over here and this drummer was over here and this guitar player, and like, and they all were like in a, a small place. Like what kind of music would you hear? My, my brain goes... I'm a chronic overthinker, Let's but I, I think about something. Like think infinity, dude. In infinity, if that's real, I'm the vocalist of Zenith Passage, or Matt yes. is the vocalist of Zenith. That's Passage. what I'm saying. And but I mean, like, well, not you know, infinity, but in McKinney. 
Boover. Boover's here. Boover. How do you, hey, uh, Justin, how do you uh, uh, pronounce okay. the name, the, the screen name? I, I just say Bo- Bover. It's, it's Boover. Oh, Boover? But yeah, it's wouldn't Boover. Wouldn't be two O's if it's Boover? He's got to elaborate <laughs> on it. I, don't, I still don't, he gave me an explanation for it once. Boover. I actually don't remember. That'd be nice. It's, it sounds like something, it actually looks kind of black metal. Like the, the name kind of looks a little, oh, oh that's right. Boover. Boover. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I think more it. like Beaver. No, I'm just kidding. No, Boover, Boover, but uh, it seems like uh, one of those words that's kind of a, it looks a, like a, a dumbass nickname I got in high school. Yeah. Okay, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's going to be cooler than that. That was going to be like some old school. I'm just kidding. I love you, Justin. A deep cut from CKY2K. Okay. Oh, shit, dude. Let's hear that now because I have that on DVD still, dude. <laughs> He's running with Beaver. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Boover. I thought it was like bra, bra. I thought it was like a French word or something, and I was like, "Shit, bra. I don't, I'm just yeah, brav." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I'm not intelligent enough to to decipher this, so I'm just gonna go ahead and thumbs up." And dude, uh, all right, Justin's gonna send us the link. Dude, we're gonna have to watch the little clip when he sends it. Okay, for sure we will. But back on the story though, so so black metal. That's I mean, so it seems like so far to me that you've kind of been percussion percussion oriented. And different kinds of of styles of percussion have intrigued you. It's not like it wasn't like oh, I just started wanting to wear makeup one day and be black metal. It was like no, no, I I appreciate what they're doing and and you know the endurance and the, a lot of the things they do that like a lot of people overlook with yeah. black metal. Um, so from there, like where, where did you move on from from that? Uh, so the summer between high school and college which i consider to be like one of my favorite summers ever even though it's kind of like moody you're like oh i'm moving away from my family for the first time whatever mm-hmm. i was getting real into black metal but i was also really into dark ambient music um, okay so just like dark atmospheric stuff like for the, studying was it a study thing it or? was literally i would just like fall asleep to it or i would go for like nighttime walks listening to it or like yeah there's real existential kind of stuff um, totally yeah. And because uh, I felt there was a, do you guys remember that black metal documentary until the light takes us? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, the couch, couch stabbing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What was that? Was that uh, fucking? <laughs> was that it? Frost? That's Frost. Yeah, it's Frost. Yeah, Frost. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was like a, there was a piece. I hadn't really gotten into black metal yet, but I had seen in the middle of that. There's actually, uh, there's actually a Burzum piece. One of the Burzum pieces that he played on one of his Casio keyboard things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Pr- like dungeon synth, basically the beginning of dungeon synth. And mm-hmm. I heard that, and I was like, "Oh my god, I get black metal." Yeah, like, oh, it makes total sense to me now. And I, I really yeah, yeah. loved finding out that harmony chorine was. Oh really yeah, used it for gummo, black metal. Yeah, gummo. That's that right. Documentary. That gummo. Yeah, and, and knowing that with gummo and and all the soundtrack to that album, I knew he was into. I don't. I didn't know. You know. I was introduced to that movie before I was well versed in extreme metal in general. Right. I it it literally was before my deep dive into death metal and extreme metal and all that stuff. Okay. So that didn't click with me, but to find that and see that it folds back into like all the um potent stuff that happened with me and watching film and extreme film, maybe extreme film came definitely earlier before extreme music. 
Right. And 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 knowing that that dude literally would do art um, exhibits where he's dancing to death metal in corpse paint, and yeah. you're like, wait, this is the dude that wrote Kids when he was 18. Yeah, you know, directed <laughs> and wrote Gummo and uh, all these other films too, Spring Breakers, yeah, and Trash Humpers. Yeah, trash humper. Uh, yeah, yeah, shit like that. And uh, yeah, dude, and and taking all these extreme uh, um, chances with his art as film at such a young age, and to see that he was also into that, you know, yeah. outsider, new new development you know, per se that was happening in the black metal scene too. I, I, it totally makes sense that it would leak link up now that I have gathered all that information in my fucking digging throughout the years, you know, but it totally makes sense. Yeah, it is. Probably, yeah. It's, it's I, yeah. Gummo in particular was a very, one of those. Dude, I, it's still it's, disturbing. It's, it's but so at the same time, it's brilliant, you know? Oh yeah. It's so good. Um, I actually have it on DVD. It's one of my proudest ownings. Oh, dude, I have my yeah. Don't even get me started on it. You, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna start <laughs> going back into the weeds. You guys, well, I, dude. I'll. I know Matt is a film guy, so I was gonna uh, say this oh, isn't dude, really Matt. weeds. This falls within <laughs> within the bounds here. So yeah, it is my actual biggest passion with music. Equal, if All not right. bigger. <laughs> well, let's uh let's save maybe for a little more film talk yeah. because i know everybody yes. else probably will hate it if i keep going on a film thing with you dude so <laughs> go back onto your timeline um now let's talk about the learning the or being influenced to play because of nile i don't did you get yeah. into that yeah I, yeah i got a little bit okay. into that i was um that was the main thing i was saying i my fucking grandpa i had that dvd from george and i was obsessed with it so that was like really it was i was like i gotta do that like the feet thing that's fast feet that's the coolest yeah, yeah. thing in the world um and i got really obsessed with that and i've learned on like like heel down on some dw 5000s and uh not what was the, the feel what was the feeling when you, you start to see oh shit i can do this um let's see what was the first it was it was it's it's the best feeling it's like when you yeah in any aspect of life like effort followed by um an achievement because yes. there's that sense of the fulfillment that comes from that i think is like the modeling of like human dna that makes humans yes. ex willing to exist i don't think yes most definitely dude so because like without that model like i think the human mind would just like fall into complete negativity and just be like What's there the was point? nothing to strive for. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing the to the, yeah. The, like we were just talking about the carrot, the carrot needs to be there. We never, we achieve it, but as soon as we achieve it, there's another Your new goal, more yeah. delicious looking colorful carrot right after that, you know, yeah. but getting the carrot is, is such, Oh shit, dude. It, it, it may, it, it's the, the recharging of the battery that, that, takes you to the next step you know yeah you hit your your or you're playing a video game you're playing super mario brothers and you hit that one uh what are those 
spots called in a video game uh, marker or whatever that checkpoint there you go Save point. you hit the checkpoint and then after that checkpoint it, it, no matter when you start again you're still at that checkpoint because you've achieved that length of the journey you know yeah and so you hit that first checkpoint oh shit i can double base now when's the first blast beat dude right yeah that was that was the key and i know joseph can relate to this because like when you start for me i was like my first checkpoint was like 180 bpm and then it became like ooh 190 look at me and then it was like 200 was like a big one that was the day and it's that's like for i feel like death metal drummers it's like the ranking of bpms um I didn't start blasting until later though. I really was like focused on just double bass. Um, Grooving. Yeah, I was really into like playing along to like uh, a lot of like the older like Asley Dying stuff and- um, Nice. Yeah, cause it was just a lot, a lot of double bass stuff. And I what really- What was that first record, Frail Limb? No. Uh, Frail Words Collapse. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That was, was, a, that was a jam. I, yeah, I love that record. Yeah, I had there, to- uh, Yeah, go ahead. Oh no no that first song had that big double bass run and it was, and it was like just kind of slow. I was like that's the coolest shit I'd ever heard. So there are yeah, there man. are like there's songs you can start at that are way lower though. Like I remember Death and Fire by Amana Marth. Oh yeah. Being like a super basic one. Because it just right. goes for like four bars and then it like right. tur- you know yeah, turns off and then it goes back yeah. on. But it's only at like 120. So it's right. like but like that would be my recommendation if anyone wanted to start like from scratch learning double bass and they knew like if you just bought your double bass pedal, like try that song or something like right. 180 is still, you know, months away. So, right. Yeah, definitely. That was the first striving point. I, I, I think the nothing left by Asley dying was the song. I was like 184. And I, once I could do that, I was like, I'm a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I was very validated. I want to get Casey in on, on the metal BPM benchmarks yeah yeah what was your was talk past. about what your your song was Casey, <laughs> where you first was uh, the first digga digga daddy oh yeah digga 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 yeah uh yeah for me it was like i was like all stoked on like the axis pedals when they came out like in i was in high school and it was like the 90s late 90s and uh i was like into tool at the time so like uh like mm-hmm. i liked i i kind of like was into like different stuff and like grunge and industrial and like all that kind of stuff. But I kind of like came around to like, like, like it, it was like, all there was like a period where I was like all about rush and tool, oh, cool. like okay. this kind of like, and it was like around, I was like 16, something like that. And I like, that's when I got a drum set. So I, so I was like, that's like when I got really into playing drums, I like bought that drum set, like, you know, that year for my birthday and all this kind of stuff. And uh, anyways, and so, yeah, I got like a, I like, I heard somewhere that like, Danny Carey was like basically ha- he had the Axis pedal or something like that, and uh, yeah, and uh, and, and, and sorry, I'm like, giggling real quick. Sorry to cut you off, Casey. Ricky thinks your your pad's well lit, bro. I know I saw that I earlier. Mean, the funny. lighting is so good in that it's place. Beautiful. I, mean, I know. I mean, yeah. like the, the red ain't cheap, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's in he's in Tahoe just for the for the little while, you know, at that at that cabin or whatever he's at. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyways, it's, the, it's the electric cabin no, back to the drum stuff but I'm, I'm, anyways I'm just... the point is that like i like really it was actually i was like super inspired by like the pedals like axis pedals 
like like re- like really early on like it was like when they were first it was like 97 98 99 something around that time and like and i like read that like they're a thing like somehow i like danny carey used them like at some point or something like that and so i was like oh like, i like want to get those and so like i i got some at guitar center and i and I, I remember like bringing those back to like at home and like and i wasn't even into playing death metal yet like at all like i was just kind of like just like interested in these pedals and i like thought they were cool and like the design i remember just like playing like instantly just being like like and there was like a double bass like setup i got like the the whole like like the slave unit thing that goes with the whatever they call it and it was just like i was like whoa i can like 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 play like like a like way faster than 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 i could on the chain drive like pedals and stuff so that was like and then like i don't know it's weird like i i like liked like I was into tool and that kind of stuff, but I wasn't like really playing tool songs and trying to like play. I didn't, I, I played parts of it and like jam and I'd play rush songs and stuff, but I, uh, I like joined a band that wanted a, like, like a death metal drummer. And I, like, I wasn't really playing that stuff, but I like, they were like, Oh, you got, and I had, I got these axis pedals and they're like, Oh, well we can <laughs> like, and so, yeah. So like, that's where, I, yeah. And so the, these yeah. guys were a couple of years older. They were like out of high school, you know? And and they were like you know in the long sleeve cannibal shirts and shit and they were like these these dudes and we had this band Zingaya whatever that was like our oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but like but yeah it was pretty fun and David played with us too for like like a minute David was it oh, yeah. but but uh yeah but we used to jam um and that's where what that's where pedals? we met Diego and it's from Discourage we practiced at the same place as Discourage oh gee um but yeah but even back then man like we were trying like. I like d- different pedals, but yeah, I would like try to. I got triggers. Well, and I was stuff, gonna but... say before access, what was like the top shelf shit before the Cobra came on? Uh, I mean, those are heavier. Like, I mean, I guess Pearl, like Eliminators or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had DWs too. I, I never had. I mean, now I have Eliminators. DWs, but I don't, that's didn't... the ones that I remember. Yeah, they're very man. clunky. They're very big. They're smooth, but they're really heavy. Uh, that's yeah. in the spring action. It's like me, dude. I'm really smooth, but like, <laughs> <heavy>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it basically like just just to s- stop my story here is basically like i went from like playing like king crimson and t- and tool and rush to like oh i'm in this death metal band now they want me to play like and they're like showing me all these okay now we're all listening to all the shit you know stuff like, all that stuff you know and i was just like okay and then like and they were like experimenting with the, like we would put the mics in, in the bass drums and like turn up the high end super loud try, try to emulate triggers like in the jam room and it was like got the triggers and we were doing that and i had like a weird like weird offshoot bass drum that was like and then i eventually got two and then anyways yeah but it's just like all that shit was just evolution though it's like yeah. it's like learning and yeah understanding right. and then going moving on from there yeah. so that was my whole story thanks for asking yeah i guess it's fine like, as a drummer specifically you're finding an, the, the best version of extending your limbs yeah right yeah. so if how, how did that go but how'd that go for you like for matt like how did you like what was your progression going from like understanding from you know like going from whatever like dw 9000s iron cobras whatever to slowly going to where you're at now um i remember so i went to uh, college and i was playing i had my first pair of pedals i i got like one of those basic like pdp things with my first shit it was just a single pedal and then i asked my parents for a double bass drum pedal for christmas when i was in high school and i they got me a dw 5000 i was like whoa this is way nicer than i expected um mm-hmm. and it was because it's a nice pedal um right. 
and I played on those for a good few years. And then, but one thing I was in college, I was really into the death metal thing. And I, Axis is really responsible because there's, I mean, the amount of like boutique metal drummer pedals out there now, it's kind of crazy. I don't, I don't even know them all anymore. Um, but like, I saw Axis mainly because of George in his DVD, and I remember those. Um, but I actually didn't end up getting access. I ended up buying tricks and I have had the same pair of tricks for almost like 11 years now, 12 years. Nice. And they've never, ever broken. But that being said, I am actually switching. I just got my first pair of access pedals. I'm switching now. Uh, nice. So what made so, you want to switch? Cool, even though the other situation honestly uh zed just persisted enough on me yeah to get the axis stuff he's such a sweet dude and i will say the the axis i think they just they're they're so quick i there's nothing i don't think i, I it sounds like i'm not like saying because i'm like an axis artist i'm literally just like i literally think they're the fastest pedals on the planet so well i've some of the fastest drummers i've ever pretty met awesome i have been endorsing Dude, that product it, for they have been like the coolest people like i've ever like i i can't even believe i can even still say like i endorse them like whatever like i remember right. like like mike hamilton got me like in, introduced to them like way back in the day and then right. i went to the factory and I met them and like they had the dog and stuff there and Karen and everybody that was super cool. Yeah. And like, I got a tour of the place and everything and like, dude, like, but like o over the years, like I've just like hit them back. Hey, I need to get these repaired. And like, yeah, you used to like endorse you guys. And I, I, I just teach music now and stuff. And they're like, Oh, that, that, that still counts. Like, that's totally right. cool. Like you just send us and they do, they like rebuilt my pedals like years ago and like right. incredible, like dude, it was at, at like and i was like can i get some of the features of like the roddy pedal with some of the features of you know the the Kalias pedal and they're just like totally fine yeah absolutely wow. anything and, and just like it was so like affordable like i was just like oh my god dude, i, like, I yeah. love that company like yeah they're so they're cool. so cool dude yeah so yeah so all love to them yeah so absolutely. all right let's talk about again we we keep going forward and that's totally fine i don't dude this is Cali Death Podcast. We're 166 episodes in. We're going to fucking go wherever this thing takes us, dude. But I still want to know about when you started jamming with other humans. You know, Other humans. Um, yeah. I didn't play um, uh, my first show till just over 10 years ago. Wow. Um, I was a late. I was a blame. I was. A, so one, one thing about me, I'm not somebody who shows anybody like what i'm doing until i believe that i'm good enough to do it like okay. i'll practice in the dark for years and then right. i'll just like come out and be like all right i think i'm ready to pe have people see me see what i've been doing and then you'll um, fucking nail it <laughs> yeah so i started yeah i played some i was in college in minnesota i went to actually a little music school called mcnally smith r.i.p does not exist anymore um yeah. you know but i uh i played like a little I had like this little, I, I don't even know what you would call it. It was like a metal band that was like a cross between like power metal and metalcore and even like all students core. of that spot. No, they were actually one of them was a student. And then okay. there, he just knew some people outside of the school. And he's some townies. Yeah, some townies pretty much. And uh, but then I ended up joining like a more of a, a, a gentier band called By the Thousands, which they still go on over there. But they were like, um, 
the, the one of their members was actually in that band first band with me and he was like come play in my band and i was like okay and i just started playing typical drummer who could do like double bass i started getting asked to play in a lot of bands really fast and it kind of overwhelmed me i think it was in if i was like in five local bands at once kind of thing typical local drummer kind of thing right um and I was doing typical that for drummer, not even yeah, one. typical drummer. Yeah, just drummer, just like in too many fucking bands. Um, we we need you guys down here, dude. You right? dig deep into the underground, dude. We need uh, a, yeah, a, actually, I ex, excel to hit me up if doing. you're a drummer watching. I have multiple like people <laughs> looking for drummers that I can't fulfill. I can refer you to gigs and shit. So always yeah. let us know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just I played lots of local shows all the time and uh, the scene in Minnesota was very much like you have to sell like tickets and you can play on the show kind of thing. So we got mm-hmm. real good at doing that. So we got to play some sick tours. Um, and then the one, there's one show that kind of changed it all for me. I was playing for two bands opening up the show at Skyway theater for the faceless. And that was when uh, Chasen was in the faceless. Oh, um, nice. Shout out Chasen. Yeah. Um, Chasen. I owe the world again, to dude. that man he's the man he's a rad dude we had him on the show and actually that's a part two that i've been thinking about in recent times that i'd like to get chasing back on and he's he's an insane drummer dude like i'm not a drummer so i i I literally have to go and like like, why do people respect this guy so much and i'll go (laughs) watch the videos and stuff (laughs) like oh okay i mean it was a a funny video real quick of chasing in uh sacramento my uh buddy uh mitch was out there um he plays in a bunch of local bands out there and i remember there was a picture of it was like chasing playing and then it, like they they go over to mitch and he's just all like what the fuck fuck <laughs> and i was like seeing him like just completely like it was like an, a, a natural just organic blo- he's like what the fuck is that and i was like yeah. all right all right so he's insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keeps chasing that dream dude and he keeps uh, uh-huh. achieving it dude yeah, well, now yeah. he's playing with the uh, brand of sacrifice and stuff, too, yeah. right? Because I know that, uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because Mike, Mike, uh, yeah. uh, Mike Cap- Caputo, Caputo, yeah, was playing with them last time when they came through here. And I bought, I have a like, it's part of my like merch thing I wear, is their like okay. tie dye thing. So they uh, sweatshirts are awesome, they're great. Cool. And uh, that's really cool to see uh, him moving up because that guy, yeah, talent needs to move up, talent Absolutely. needs to move up, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's Anyways. so sick. He's so sick. Yeah, he's so death, sick. Yeah. Um, Deathcore stealing all the death metal drummers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because of viewers, because people watched and listened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was like more, it's how, you know, get a, it's how you get a promotion. I mean, how's yeah. he gonna? Yeah, that's a promotion yeah, now. It's like yeah, I don't yeah, want to be a manager, but it's like, yeah. dude, you want more money? You have to be a manager. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, well, <laughs> I got promoted to a metalcore or. <laughs> Yeah, but man. I have mad respect for Jason and Mike yeah. and oh, all yeah. those dudes. They're doesn't matter who they're playing for; they make the show. So oh, always, oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, I do. Jason is like literally the reason I have most uh, any of the opportunities I've ever got because he saw me play that show when I was opening for him, and he was like, "You should uh, do something else." Oh, yeah. I was like, "Okay," and so I started throwing my name out to people, and uh, nice. And I filled in. It's my first. He actually, uh, my first gig he got me was filling in for uh, this band. You guys, I'm sure, know Abiotic from Florida. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 You've heard oh, me those yeah. guys. 
Yeah. Well, they yeah. were commenting, right? Yeah, John. John. Yeah, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah John yeah. on. Yeah. We had him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John's yeah. killing it in the social yeah. screen. Yeah, he yeah. does those videos where he'll, he'll throw some riffs over was it? other yeah. viral videos. Hilarious, dude. John, John's sick at that, dude. If you guys. Go check out John Abiotics uh, page on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, he does the one where it's like it's like a it's like a, a freak restream. out, and he like he does he, like, like the remixes with his own yeah, riffs. Yeah, and super cool. Yeah, dude. That's a fun little angle. It's like you know oh, sitting at home, especially yeah, for like I'm, being a death metal person, like or a person that's in a, a certain style of music. It's like it's like find a fun thing to to make. I don't know if he's making money, but it seems he like he should be. Every day, dude. So shout out to John. Yeah. yeah. Totally. He said this face always cracks my face. I love it. Before like a thing starts, he's just like sitting there all, like and then he waits for like the heavy part. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> waiting for it every time. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so good. Anyways, but yeah, that's cool. Chasing I, I love the you know, other drummers seeing the talent and being like, All right, well, it's kind of like what Joseph was just saying. It's like, all right, well, people are hitting me up all the time. There's this fucking dude I know that could easily do it. I don't have, you know, two brains and two bodies and nine arms so i need <laughs> i need someone else you know if someone else wants to take this gig take it and right. and it's been from my whole life of like you know dan kenny like dan kenny doing you know we got me and dan kenny got approached to do animosity at the same time and i was like no and he's like yes and then he went to suicide silence you know after that it's like the one little chance that you can take the little like leapfrog thing you can do if you're um not starting from the fucking ground level up you know and you, you just want to play music that's a great fucking avenue because it's a it's really hard for bands to find sustainable musicians that want to play you know, tour constantly and you know, families. Well, I'm glad you didn't say yes to animosity, dude, because you wouldn't have been a host on Cali Death. I wonder Podcast. what it's it's one of those it's no it's one of those like variables like what if I I remember like I know like, it would have changed yeah. your life it, your life would have been totally different we would have still been friends yeah but we wouldn't be as close as we were probably. I still remember the question. It was like on the st right. back stairs of the Thunderdome, and I was like, "Nope." I was like, "Unique leader for life." I was like, <laughs> I, was like "I was like," and the dance like, "Oh, okay, well, I'll hit you up." I hit you up, and I was like, "Fuck that, dude." I mean, even though I loved animosity, but I was like, "Dude, fucking unique leader." I got like, "I'm on my, I'm in my gang now," because it felt gangy when we were kids. It was kind of like it was in. You were in a gang, you know. It wasn't we were like definitely. You couldn't it just, was like you can't just oh, the way, the merch kind of like the way it was designed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and like people wearing yeah, like the unique leader sweatshirts, like the tough dudes wearing yeah. the unique leader thing with the with the unique leader on the arm. You're just like it was totally kid, like that's it hard. Was our it was our our fucking vests, but we just the, had the iron patches. Yeah, it was the vest. It was like bought, the motorcycle. We gear. bought it already ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We what bought ready-made fucking vests, dude. That's no, totally. I mean, yeah, created by a, a generation before us, and then we see a lot of that in you know in metal and stuff, like the generations and, and the torch getting passed and stuff, and uh, Battleforge Carfy, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so no, Max. So going from there, like, so Chasen started introducing the people, and yeah. and how did that go? Like, tell me your uh, trajectory from there. Yeah, he introduced. I did a tour with Abiotic, and but he also referred me to. Igian, who I'm still in today, and that's my main oh, yeah. thing. I uh, it was fun because he I was asked to uh, fill in for them, and I remember waking up with that text freaking out because at the time 
they were my absolute favorite band in the world. So I was oh, like, yeah, it's, it's a weird, surreal kind of thing. It's like one of the coolest feelings in the world. Few people oh, I've, most definitely. You know, it's where I know Justin can actually relate to that with like the faceless and stuff like that. It's I'm weird. at Gilbert's house right now. He could relate to it. He's oh, playing. Yeah, fucking TV, yeah. now, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. So that, so, that's gotta be a fucking sick feeling. It is a sick feeling. And uh, fortunately for me with Igean, it was, they say never meet your idols, but I met these guys and I was like, uh, new family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're because, like, why? Why not uh, meet yeah. my idol? And I was like, no wonder we like all the same. I like their music so much. Cause like I walk into the bassist's um, living room and I see all these like crazy, like art film posters. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'd love all of these movies. You guys are like the same people. And like, I, and, and I, I'm going to take it away from you just again. Sorry, dude, but you're making me think of this thing where I'm, it, it's such a, a prominent thought that I've had in my mind about what we do and what we're involved in or I mean, I'm just fucking podcaster now, but it literally is uh, a bubble of uh, culture that we've created to where we weeded out the the uh, that we we made it to where meeting your heroes is actually more of a good thing than not. Right. It's rare. There's a higher there's a higher that. rate of success in meeting people in death metal where they're good people. Right. When you're like, fuck yeah, let's hang out rather than like and meeting you, and I'm I'm wearing chiefs over like Taylor Swift, which I don't <laughs> never want to meet. But it's like it's one of those people that like like of course you're insanely famous. It's ridiculous. We've we have people up, in pedestals. Uh, we've set up a unspoken kind of barrier that people really need to get through in order to know that they're like really down. <laughs> it's kind of like becoming a politician. You got to sign a lot of paperwork and answer a lot of questions before you actually get in the real game. Right. And <laughs> death metal is the same way, but it, it is built on genuine aspects of the human you know yeah. like it really is just our um our intention and our goal that we wear it like i was just talking to casey this week dude odious mortem is a project that wears its heart on its sleeve and i think that death metal really does that too like <sighs> Well, on our vests, on our, we're wearing our sleeve patch, yeah, yeah. our heart patches yeah. on our fucking vests, dude. Totally and yeah, it's yeah. such a, a gummy yeah. emo type thing to say, but it actually is true about what we're doing and why we do this show every single week is because there is this like way more real aspect of humans in yeah, yeah. this little bubble that we've been a part of and helped yeah. create or yeah. help. Yep. Uh, yeah. So right on. <laughs> you guys just want me to stop talking. That's what it I is. don't know. We're, we're talking about ourselves too much. Let's let's about, yeah. Dude, let's, let's, let's I didn't talk about anybody else except for all of us right there. There's <laughs> all of us. Oh all shit. Us. I just hit remove. I'm sorry. I went to go try to go full screen <laughs> for you. What did Jill do? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, shut up for the next ten minutes, guys. Oh, see, that's all, right now. That's all sad. I believe I I, what I just said was true about all five of you guys. So I just I know, I know. We're in the middle of the fucking chat. 
There was zero <laughs> bullshit in what I just said. All right. Oh, no, there's no... no. I'm not saying that. I just want to hear about, yeah. it. about it. What do you think, Matt? What do you think? I think I completely, with Anthony, I actually agree with you. you. Even like with the stuff you said earlier with I am you, I've been you. I believe like that is how the universe works is like God exploring the universe through different personalities. So I like our that. soul is the mm. same oneness. So That's I've cool. lived as every, every human being has lived as every living thing in the history of living things. Right. As the yes. same consciousness. I'm, I'm like one of those. Yeah. Dude, dude no, that not that cool to think that way though? Like yeah, all dude. possibilities are, are not only there, but we've achieved them at yeah. some point throughout this infinite universe. Yeah. Absolutely. Cali Death Podcast has an infinite amount of episodes where we <laughs> talk to an infinite amount of people, you know? Yeah, dude. It's in, yeah. fucking rad. Yeah, dude. That's the beauty of everything, dude. Everything's one. <laughs> yes, dude. This, this, now, this how do we put that in our music? Now, how do we put that in our sure. music, though? No, how do, yeah. we, do you take that, that and you apply that to your drumming? Do you think, like, all right, I'm going to be the fucking best Matt Palazzo in this realm that I could possibly be. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big uh, transition. A lot of the second, the beginning of my mid-20s and then the second half of my 20s um, was much more of a, it was a weird existential kind of thing for me. Um, I had a, a lot of it has to do with like an obsession with filmmaking, but I also got into like super, it was like my super stoner phase, mm -hmm. psychedelics, all that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, what is Matt? What is, what do I want yeah. to be? Who do I want to be? Who is the person I've dreamt of being since I was a little boy? Right. And, um, and uh, drumming is, I believe this first step of me becoming me. And it, I, I, it is always going to be a part of my life. And I will be honest, over the past several years, it hasn't been as much of a focus in my life. Even when COVID started, I actually quit playing for almost a year. Damn. Wow. Um, and uh, it was, it was I, I overthink everything. It was like an overhurdle because I wanted to get into filmmaking and like sound design and composing. So I believed that I had to like stop playing drums, basically, which is total bullshit by the way you don't have to do that <laughs> um, <laughs> um i just ended up making myself really depressed for a while um ah, shit but hey that's you kind of like that's how we try shit we like right yeah swing for the fence be like well that was bro yeah wait that was like i swung way in the wrong direction there and then you bring it back and you recenter and ever since i've been like recentering mm -hmm. myself and agreeing to do drumming stuff like that all the other stuff that i want to do is much more achievable also yeah it's much more achievable so um, that's yeah. rad dude so and now that you've said that i'm sorry i'm going to take it away from your drumming for a little bit okay. you mentioned film um i want to know what other ways you were getting creative that's pulling you're saying that drumming's not the the center point how are you you getting creative is it with film art otherwise I'm really trying to combine. Um, so obviously metal is like one of the biggest aspects of my life and it always has been. So um, I really want to figure out with Igean, what I've been working on is trying to figure out how to make 
merge music and cinema in a way that's like unusual so i i, mm -hmm. I i'm really intrigued by synthesizers and sound design so those nice, are my nice. other obsession not i don't know why i get the most expensive fucking hobbies drums synthesizers <laughs> i mean we all know like moog like moog stuff or what moog, yeah i have a i have a <laughs> six, their whole thing yeah yeah, yeah i have yeah. a i have an oberheim and a yeah, yeah. juno from the 80s i love that thing nice um, oh yeah those those yeah the juno yeah 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 so uh but like i was really i don't Dope. know i was getting into obsessed with like movies and then seeing like artsy movies and stuff like that and being like, how can I mix, mix these two things? Cause I don't, okay, this is, you're going to get a full Matt rant. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. how everybody's looks, awesome. everybody, humans are visual creatures and everybody's, everybody sees things first these days, mm -hmm. um, which I think is cool. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I just think that's how people are. And with music now, people find music through what they see first these days. Yeah. And I want, I really like want to figure out the border. And I think movies are like a, in the history of like art mediums, movies are like one of the youngest mediums. Mm, um, so, and just filmmaking in general. So I want to figure out how to make it. I'm, I'm going to sound so cracked, but. Um, no, dude, like, you're talking to a guy who wants to hear it. Okay, cool. The uh, I want to make something where it's like not a music video, but not quite a movie. I want to write. I've been writing a screenplay based off of writing music first. By writing music first, I get images come into my head. It's one of the weird things that happens to mm -hmm. me when I write music. I see things in my head. So for the last five years, I've been making a film out of images that come out of my head, no matter how like abstract they may be. And I just finalizing that first. Um, because if you look at any historical, like religious text, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, you have the first thing, there's a variant of this saying, which is first there was sound and then there was light. Um, so sound, I mean, it's all a vibration and sound is like, in the spectrum of the universe sound is a lower frequency than light mm -hmm. so it's and it's the first so it's it comes before light so before, i want to know what, yeah yeah so i want to know what it would be like to instead of because I'm, I'm not a screenwriter i want to know what it would be like to write a script and see what the with music and see the images that come into my head what that is right what would what would accompany the light that comes in with it? It would it would be the shepherd to the imagery that you, that you would be pairing it to, because yeah. it would the sound comes to you first. Right. So technically, it's the shepherd. It's the one that opens the door for the light to come in. Right, um, dude. That I I love that. I mean, it sounds like you're somewhat of a low-level synesthite you can um pair two senses with each other you know right. what i'm saying yeah you're 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 writing from a perspective of not just one sense but two senses paired with each other and knowing what may um interact with our mind before at first when we're hit with 
you know, a, a Matt Palazzo art <laughs> audio visual project, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it works out. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that, that's rad as shit, dude. It's, yeah. it's, you're hitting me on the levels that I'm looking for. Um, you know, uh, stimulus in in the vast ocean of information that we constantly turn our phones on to see every single day. Right. I'm looking for something that's going to stick out there, and and some somebody with that type of uh, you know foundation for what they want to put out into the world. I think that that's actually somebody who cares about it a little bit more than yeah, fuck your fucking shit that you put at the bottom of the shit. I don't even know what that said. Probably Anthony drunk, but you guys just don't like it when I filibuster about cool fucking stuff. Yeah. I guess the, so, the resident homies are done with me. Do you, uh, no. Uh, Matt, do you have like a preference on like types of drums, like types of like what's your favorite kind of like drums, cymbals and stuff like just oh man heads, all that kind of gear. Uh anybody who has met me over the years as a drummer, I uh I usually don't say too much because I my my knowledge of drum stuff is garbage. Oh, cool. Absolute garbage. I love so my first kit was a Gretsch Catalina Birch. Okay. Um yeah. and that was really awesome and i've only ever had two kits i had that gretch catalina birch and i've had a dw performance now for like uh like eight years um nice. and it's it's absolutely fantastic i love that thing um i'm really um i really i've never owned one but i really want a, a, a bell brass snare I really want mm. one of those i'm pretty sure that's what they used on um my favorite sounding extreme drum record is evangelion from behemoth i love the drum sound on that record mm-hmm. um i just think it's so angry sounding. Damn, um uh, <laughs> real fast joel joel and i saw behemoth live together like in october and fucking inferno man he's still out there yeah, killing it yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah they <laughs> played uh they played is it Santa Cruz? De, de, de Mono, what a day monos yeah. they played Daimonos. So that's like, like holy my favorite fuck. Track. yeah it's so good yeah and it's a little slower these days but right i didn't feel like they were like true black metal but i've been like on stage with them in like 2009 8 or something and i remember inferno well, i was standing on stage and they were like listen the sound check because our our uh manager was there is uh, brovar it's their guy that does all their shit so it was like come on stage and hang out and i was like cool and I'm sitting there just like, <laughs> like, like I don't know what the fuck is going to ha- like, what's going on with these guys? They're like fucking, they're just being all spastic and crazy and stuff. And the whole time Inferno was just sitting there just like this, hit his head like this. I'll use it for the camera. Like, like looking over me like this. It's like light hitting off his face. He's just staring at me the whole time. Just like, and I was like, and I was like, cre- I was actually creeped out. I was like, his face like had like this, like certain shadow hitting it. It looked like a fucking like. I don't know. It didn't look like a human face, and I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, um, but no, uh, he's uh, I don't know. Behemoth is black metal, but that's like more of the, like more on the popular black side, and right? death. 
black yeah, metal. Early, black early stuff's yeah. like black metal, but like it's like, or, like it's it. like Immortal yeah. has like uh, kind of a thrash and uh, dark and thrash, or is it like, like black like, and thrash, like Dimmu, like puritanical, like Dimmu. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. orchestral kind of like melodic. Sick. I love it's that. So good. That's one yeah. of the best records ever, by the way. Puritanical. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's my that's one of my favorite. Yeah. But would you consider a puritanical black metal? Yes, and as a a, a huge black metal fan, I still consider it within black metal. Nobody come at me. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I absolutely do consider it black metal. So why is it like though that it's like that would be like no, that's not the black. Like why is that like <sighs> forbidden or something? Like the, the symphony it sounds too it? good. It, or, it was produced. It was produced. Yeah, so yeah, well, produced. and it was also like. Demon yeah. was like getting some like pretty well fame at that point, which was like the whole like yeah boo commercialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. It's like the ultimate like, boo commercialism. Is, is, is cra- music. Cra- Cradle of Filth looked at the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of sellouty, like. But they're yeah. so good. Like they're, I mean, they're. I, I actually fun. don't even know any Cradle of Filth songs. That's to, to this day. I like see the logo, and I'm just. I've gone to their shows, and I know the guitar player, uh, Paul Knee Ablov um then when yeah. they came to town they like brought me in the back and we all party with them and stuff and i was like they're fucking sick i don't know any of their songs really? i've always just seen the logo and i've always just been like nah not not for me i don't, I don't know why that's always turned me off i'm just like eh, i don't i don't know why i'm just try. Not, dude anthony just, knows about cradle of filth dude I anthony's love, down i love cradle cradle dude, dude the, the 90s so shit with nick shirts. parker and stuff like, do they have they have a do you have a puritanical like album like oh dude this shit is like well, i mean it's it's a little it's not quite i mean it's it's a little different no, but once it's still puritanical really good. came out it it totally puritanical is like yeah yeah but all the time but, but, still this day a bunch but, but okay, i gotta give up to demu oh wait no sorry go for it oh no just gonna say really quick what are the cradle of filth albums that that were like with nick barker and shit like um, okay so everything it was like cradle to enslave or something cruelty and the beast Cruelty and the Beast was when Barker stopped. I didn't even know he played with them. Yeah. That's literally that's Dude, how dumb I am. Go that's that where everybody <laughs> knows Barker from, bro. Really? Uh, I knew I know him from Mechanical, yeah, and I know him from Dusk like uh, Old Man's Child. Old Man's it, Child. That's yeah, that's that's all I know him from. Listen <laughs> to Dusk and Her Embrace, Joel. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've her embrace. That that album, and then when you're ready, go on to Cruelty. I'll tell you the OG Cruelty mix is not as good as um the albums previous but uh those two albums right there were very very you know they they're in my blood what's like the one like the fastest one yeah what's the what's what's the one for me barker with his double bass but actually like cruel yeah there's um artistic choices that I think that Barker and Cradle made during this <laughs> you know, Barker was in Cradle of Filth till like five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my uh, god, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, the yeah. and they, they made uh artistic creative choices that didn't necessarily show Barker's <laughs> abilities at his at that time, but there's certain points on Dusk and her embrace that show what Barker was really capable of, you know? I think so Casey got a black metal man. He's just all like, he didn't even know he was in fucking, he just left the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not. So you're talking, you want to be real. It's not black metal. That's not black metal. Yeah, yeah. It's not black metal. Demu. But when did they true. start? I would call yeah, it Demu black metal because for all Ted, 
93 mm-hmm. second wave of the second wave i give a pat this is me being the cult black metal fan i give demu the pass because cult means dork right wave of the second Sorry, wave yeah. but um cradle is something that really is just like iron maiden filtered through the second wave of the second wave prism you know yeah like, yeah speaking of Pink which... Floyd's fucking dark side of the moon album uh you take you take iron maiden put it through the fucking lens of norwegian yeah. black metal prism and well on the the rainbow on the end is crazy. immortal was it's sons crazy. of the northern darkness that was thrash someone's like check out black metal but check out sons of northern of the northern darkness and i'm like this is like slayer ish <laughs> like i'm like this is black metal okay this is, okay well, I'm down. Uh, before we move on i was gonna say real quick to the iron maiden you guys have all heard the cradle of filth cover of how Ha-, ha- be that name right uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that shit that, is that's really the greatest. That's like the greatest cover of all time. I think it is. It is pretty much. Like How would be that so, name by Cradle? You haven't heard them. Do, dude, one of the greatest right metal now. covers I've ever heard in my whole life, dude. Yeah, it's so okay. Yeah, <laughs> they they nail it, dude. And that's right. on the uh, uh, double disc. Cool so to close out the Cradle of Fifth thing, like what, <laughs> what, 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 I mean, Cradle like, Cradle. I mean, for me, that's always been like, I've always never wanted to listen to him. I was like, I, for whatever reason, I was like, my brain made a decision was like, I like Spawn of Possession and Gorgasm. I'm not like listening to Cradle of Filth, but um, what kind of style would you, because it's not, if you, you're saying it's not black metal, what do you call it? Matt, you go first. No, Matt said... <laughs> He's I'll, permissive about black metal, not gay. Yeah, I'm permissive. I am. Yeah, I'm not. Even though no, I am that's, like a, that's what I want. That's what I want. I am like a like a huge black metal fan. It's my favorite genre of metal. But at the same time, I do think I I'll, I'll give like a, like I would give like puritanical a pass as black metal, even though again I would probably get like batted for saying that at the wrong place. But right. Um, right. I do. There is a a different point there is something missing if you listen to like the like the original second wave stuff and then going into like gothic that's a good word um is if you go into the original second wave stuff though that's just like so there's not it's like a carelessness there's an attitude about it yeah yeah that the, it's like when punk happened originally it's totally. just like an attitude and black metal had this attitude when it started and like when demu started like in cradle like these bands so that there was like it was more it wasn't an attitude it was just like they figured out how it looks yeah and it sounds and they were just kind of being that mm-hmm. looking like that like the kerrang article that made black metal fucking huge or right. whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so yeah i think they just started like making it into like a theatrics kind of just like what's like demu and stuff started coming around stuff people were just like you know what we're gonna have a fuck it to this shit like a you know like an old school rock and roll sex pixel pistols thing or it was like fuck all this i'm gonna you look at those second wave of those second wave bands they were seeing that now we're piggybacking something that was um unique and and outside of the bubble that even though the the dynamics of it were heavy metal distorted guitars drums 
vocals all 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 the elements were there they they were kind of anti um anything popular so then you got the second wave who who saw that was happening and and wanted to to be in the wake of that but at the same time once it they they caught there's enough of them that caught the the um fucking caught the second wave bro no they got <laughs> yeah no i know i am doing that the, the wave and the fucking that that is working out but no i wasn't trying to do that shit i was trying to say that they realized um the whole reason why they were attracted to that anti everything sound and once it became a, a commodity they all abandoned it if you look at over right. the they they truly abandoned it as soon as they caught that wave like Joel was saying they they actually did catch the wave a little bit and as, as soon as they caught the wave, they were like, fuck this. We're going to we're going to hit a right turn real quick and go down to where all the fucking murky waters are and all the crazy obstacles that we're going to have to come across hitting the next wave. And then you get an over like that. And, and I think that they were trying to continue not. um not necessarily that same wave, but they were trying to catch another one in order to feel the same feeling that that second wave was feeling when they were creating something new. But it's not, it's not the same. It's still a generic wave after that, dude. All right. Again, Anthony is filibustering. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree. I'll move this one forward. Um, I want to know what tours you did uh, after the abiotic tour. And, and then when I met you was your first show at the Zenith Passage. Oh, yes. That was in 2017. Yeah, it was like the beginning of January or something like that. In Pomona, California at yeah, PBW, Pizza, Beer, and Wings. Yes, you were with Transcend the Realm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, I met Justin that night too and, and the rest of the gang. But yeah, it was your first show. So I want to know, like, fill in the time. And and I like black metal and everything we talked about is cool. <laughs> and I'm just, it's just, if we don't move on, I don't know what will happen. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're only two hours. We could have kept for another half hour on black metal, but that's fine. Yeah, dude. I'll go on black metal for black metal and movies. I'll go for a lifetime. Um, I just want to hit Matt, a couple Matt, more I things. I think we're going to start in a separate podcast. <laughs> separate, yeah. We're going to do a black separate episode, <laughs> me and you. Yeah. So we can talk about all the things that the resident homies wouldn't let us talk about. Tonight. The world is a vampire. It's a deal. Um, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. You met me my first show uh, with Zenith. That was. Uh, okay. I guess. so. Okay. Um, after Abiotic, I was I was playing with Igian. And then um, I was still doing some living in Minnesota and I was playing some. Uh, a lot of local shows with some of the bands I was still in. And um, uh, Jesse Beeler for, was in Black Crown Initiate at the time. And uh, he was another sweetheart. And he told me that I should join 
Zenith, and I'm pretty sure both him and Chasen pitched me to Justin. I don't know who, how exactly it happened, but um, I became like dead set on like, I got to figure out how to play for this band because they had just put out um, Solipsist and it was like popping off. Yeah, full on vibe. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, and I just remember being like, okay, I'm going to learn some Zenith Passage stuff. And I was like, I'd listen to the record and then I was, just, was like, holy shit, how am I going to learn this? This shit's hard. And um, I learned it. Uh, and I accredit um, a lot of people. I'm grateful to all these very kind people who call me like machine-like when I play. I literally accredit apart from like learning fear factory first i credit that to learning justin's drum part that he yeah. wrote on oh, his computer because yeah. they're fucking hard and uh you literally have yeah. to learn how to think differently dude um and uh yes <laughs> um you literally have to learn how to think differently so learning how to play the zenith stuff was is probably arguably this i would argue like the second most important aspect of my evolution as a musician I remember um, the first time I heard Zenith, dude. Joel was sitting in a mall parking lot with me. We were getting ready to go into a Chili's, dude. <laughs> we were going to meet some... I forget who we were meeting at the Chili's that day, but it was the mall right next to your spot when you were living down there at the time on off of 40th or 41st, right? And that mall, whatever's down there, I remember sitting before we walked in and he's playing the fucking Zenith EP, the first okay. EP Cosmic. on physical CD too. He's like, check this shit out, dude. And I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's some, it's some tough stuff, but uh, I remember, but yeah, my first show when I played with uh, Joe, I was uh, literally like, so nervous that was the most nervous nervous i've ever i don't think chris knows um um the um i had never been so nervous for a show because i was you know when you get on stage like the adrenaline kicks in and you no matter how much you practice you like overdo something and if you over on drums if you like come in a little hot yeah on a little hot on the zenith stuff it's just like well i'm fucked um, <laughs> kind of like a Mortal Mortal Kombat, like test your might. Yeah, you kind of have to, like, <laughs> like really have to like be in the pocket and like. Or, and did you have, did you have any might or things? Then. Yeah, I'll click. I'll click. Yeah, click. Okay, yeah, but still, like you know, it's. I mean, your style is perfect. I mean, the seeing you going from singles to doubles, uh, I was like, oh, I get it. Why he's jamming with them? That that makes sense to me. Yeah. But uh, so but going into that, like having the pressure of justin being a shredder yes no he is this absolute shredder but like have like have like a a dude like making this like kind of like very specific rhythmic i I know but this is before they were in the band but like with the very crisp like perfection that came in with that sound like and i having to play that live how did anyways tell me the rest of the story jesus i basically (laughs) no i basically just had to like learn because it was so like the sound is so like precise. I basically just like spent the next few years just like practicing that way. Like, and I would record myself and I would hear um, back how I was like, okay. And I would look on the computer on the grid of my playing and be like, okay, when I'm blasting, I'm noticing my left hand is shifting off 
of like the 16th note. Uh, I start ahead of the beat just like this much, and I finish the blast beat run just like mildly behind the beat. So somewhere I'm having to compensate for my left hand's inability to lock in as tight as it should be. So I spent a bunch of time just like practicing left hand mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. um, to like be as close to like computer perfect as possible kind of thing, which is okay, a weird so thing to strive for. That is interesting as shit but i want to know outside of that so you're done with a session with that or you you're working that out and then you're done with it you're like all right i'm i gotta walk away from this zenith stuff do you listen to other music at that point or do you just say fuck it i i need to wait until i go back to the zenith stuff uh, I usually, no, I usually, I'm really good at taking, uh, well, I'm not really good. I'm learning still, and I don't think I'll ever stop, but I love mentally, like when I stop playing drums, it's usually the, one of the last things I'll do in the day. And I'm like, okay, everything metal about my day is over. Yeah. It's, it's over. I'm going to go shift into movie mode, listen to ambient music, or just meditate, whatever. I need to get my brain away from Shifted, this. Yeah. Totally. And uh, learning Zenith stuff in particular is a very, um, it's so much notes that your brain has to be like, you have to give the brain like, get, get, take five. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not processing. They're, they're like in here. They're just like a jumble. And then you just got to go yeah. like step outside for a walk. And then like you sit back down and it's there. It's kind of like one of those, you just got, that's how, again, a human mind works in a very strange way. But Oh, totally dude. So what's your go-to, um, post metal session whether it be recording jamming or whatever if you got to listen to something else what's the thing that pulls you or you know shows you that defined line of all right i've stopped the metal what's the next thing well one of the things that uh since justin's here one of the things that me and justin always bonded over no and it's still i still do it to this day i, I can't hundreds of times maybe thousands at this point i'll finish my metal day and if it, it's nighttime everything's quiet and you just turn on the goddamn blade runner soundtrack and mm, drive home oh yeah dude it's that's the end of the day dude every time um you my brain my body will like if i put on the blade runner soundtrack my body knows to shift into time to enjoy and take in life a little bit right now how every rad time. is that dude? every time so. so who did the and i'm gonna be a dummy when i ask this but who did the blade runner soundtrack original ones evangelist okay yeah and the new one was hans zimmer so wow dude so is it synthy like more it's all synthy wonders synthy yeah. ambient wonders love it yeah so, dude i i dude taking a shower with ambient music is something i learned in the last <laughs> in the couple of years is well, so yeah. epic dude yeah. it really is dude i like oh, yeah. i mean yeah that's yeah, I like to listen to things in the shower. Like Joel likes to Me listen too. to things when he goes to sleep. I only listen no, to no, shower. I, I, have an, I, have an, I have an Alexa, though. I, I can I can uh, be showering and be like, I want to hear this one. Th I'm like, A word. I don't want to start playing But right when now. I'm showering, it's got to be yeah. like moody. It's got to put me in a mood. Joel, well, actually, you know, I'm very interested in Matt's. Uh, so meeting you for the first time tonight was very awesome. And um, 
yeah. I mean, I, I can tell right away you have this the same vibe that kind of Paul Masvidal has a little bit, where it's yeah. kind of it's very chill and, and yeah, exactly. And um, it just there's there's an aura to you, and it's oh, and um, yeah, I, and it's it's super cool to like if someone was like doubting death metal or like oh, I don't want to listen to that I'm like this guy plays it. This guy's like the super the meanest mm-hmm. guy I've ever met in my life, yeah. Matt over here. <laughs> I know, but like a lot of people that like find this style of music that it's it just I don't know. Like your mom was a yoga teacher. There's there's like really good like aura about you. Where do you think? Right. I mean, where that came from, or was that because of uh, you didn't want to piss anyone off? Because I, I, I have, you know, I was, I didn't, I definitely didn't want to. I wasn't social until you know high school. I was very. My mom would have to like call other parents and have them send kids over to hang out. You know, when I was, was a kid, your mom's yoga thing based in spirituality, or all, or was it just yeah, physical? Uh it's definitely definitely spirituality because her mom is a trip she used to be like a 50s housewife my grandmother mm-hmm. and then when she turned 50 or like 50 she met uh another guy who used to be like my step grandpa who was like a debt collector for pablo escobar back in the day Jesus um, and uh he i he, love asking questions on this. <laughs> um, but he he yeah. and her took mushrooms together when they were like 50 and then my grandma just like hit the road in an rv and became like this trippy psychedelic woman so my grandma is like done mushrooms yeah, and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah um so my grandma's mom got alive? into yoga yep she's still kicking Hell very, awesome. yeah awesome yeah, uh, she's side note wonderful. did you take mushrooms with your grandma i've never taken mushrooms with my grandma i have smoked weed with both my parents and my grandma hell yes. nice, nice, nice. that's what's up dude so were psychedelics a big part of your life i mean like did that kind of blast you off into a, i mean because I, I feel this vibe from you that like something like that one of those experiences kind of it did uh yeah, yeah. okay Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was big i did uh uh back in not that long ago probably about four years ago now i did uh six solo lsd trips by myself um damn which is dark yeah not yeah dark and also um i don't encourage that by the way to anybody (laughs) don't do it by yourself that much and i did it within three weeks it was terrible Mm -hmm. i like because if you do psychedelics in that that quantity and that close time your personality will cease to exist Mm -hmm. um and, uh, they were blast but, off sessions yeah. too. Absolute blast off sessions. Just, oh, and it was the last experience I had. Well, it was the most frightening of my life. It was also I consider the most powerful and important mm-hmm. night of my existence because it made me realize how um, I thought I was like trapped in this mental loop of like I don't have free will. I'm like on this like train tracks yeah. of like everything, and I literally realized that the I. I, I got stuck in what's called repetitive motion syndrome. I didn't know whether to stand up or sit down. I got stuck doing that for a half oh, an hour. Yeah, yeah. Like a loop. You're in a loop. Yeah, in a physical loop. And I didn't know how yeah. to stop it. So I just started crying and puking everywhere. Jesus. Um, yeah. I know this is really weird, heavy stuff. It's it's no, really, it. it's really we helpful. I love psychedelics here, bro. So you yeah. want to hear all the stories. Um, and that, But in that awareness, I got trapped and I just kind of like, like it felt like the abyss is just like coming up and I'm falling into it. There's nothing left but the abyss. Just enveloping you. Yeah. And, but at the same time, while that's the most frightening feeling in the world, because your personality ceases to exist, it's the only thing the brain, the brain perceives the void as nothingness, even though that nothingness is what everything comes from. So it's like a weird, (laughs) um, (laughs) 
It's like mm -hmm. a, in that experience, I didn't know what to do. So the only, I had my synthesizers on, fortunately they were on. And I just was like, so sad, but I got up and I played like one note on them. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard in my entire life yeah. amidst absolute horror. And I realized that like, I made a decision mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. Oh, and I be, so be, my definition of who Matthew is became something shifted. So I'm very self-aware of like speaking. I've done it countless times tonight. Like the the words that come out of my mouth are like muscle memory responses. They're not act. It's like the it's like my creature wiring that's taking over. Yeah, it's not coming from, directly from your brain. It's kind of like a muscle memory part of response. Your brain. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then yeah. there's like authentic things. I'm like there I yeah. am kind of thing. Have you had have you had hmm. the authentic things tonight too? You've oh, definitely, been... definitely. Yeah, I you when I go off of my like film like rant stuff, I get a little nerdy and like, that's what's up, but dude. Matt. We're doing a, we're doing a uh, Cali Def special film episode soon. Dude. It's the best, dude. We gotta do it. But also at the same time, <laughs> talking with you four lovely dudes is also just like when you listen more. Like I hear like whatever tangent we go on, I think that just going there is also a fuller experience you listen and you just go on the ride that is you i think in a pure sense as opposed to yeah. trying to like force your um mental will into a conversation which i do yeah, all the yeah. time we all do it and it's yeah. just like this weird you kind of just ride with no I, I i have a i have a, so I have a back and forth with it i have a there's a silence sometimes and i'll be like i have to say something yeah like it's like not something i care about at all it's not like a thought out thought but like when I'm excited about something, my brain, like a different part of my brain gets activated and I'm like excited to ask something or excited right. to be a part of it and stuff like that. And I, I definitely under that, that actually, it's actually kind of, uh, I never thought of it like that. And cause there is a lot of these kind of like defense, like just uh, let me right. react. Let, let me just throw out words real quick rather than this, like, Oh, this is, it's flowing freely. And this is what I, it's coming from, a different part of my brain i want this to come out embrace like, the yeah. weeds dude just embrace yeah, it dude. the weeds are yeah it's all part of it the chaos is uh well, order unidentified. what i think is cool is about like what you're talking about like chilling and you know going having some trips and all that and comparing them to paul and all this it's like i don't know it's like the the opposite of like someone who's just like this crazy stressed like business person like on the other end you know and of course we all have to work and all this kind of shit but anyways the point is like when i talk to like guys like you like paul for comparing like i just feel like dude you're like listening to every word i'm saying like you're like super intrigued like like focused on what i'm saying like and it's and like like it's like he he just like if i've compared to to paul he just like he's like i'm like why are you so interested in what i'm saying it like trips me out i'm like why do you care about me like it's weird I'm like, so no, these people just boring. like listening to me talk and then waiting to like for me to finish so they can say what they're going to say, you know? Right. And everyone's in such a hurry and everyone's so stressed and trying to just get everything out and like in their things and their thoughts. And then in this conversation is like also a stress. It's almost just like, yeah, we have to talk because we, we have we, cameras staring at us. I'm, not, I'm chilling. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I'm not talking about us. Yeah. I'm talking about like, like, like just life like just in like, conversation yeah. of anyone yeah yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like i'm talking yeah. about like, like at work and stuff like that i'm not talking yeah, about yeah. podcast and so like i think it's super cool like where it's like someone who's just like in a state that they're like like just basically i mean not not stressed i mean start with but yeah. we just but the thing is <laughs> like but like just like it, so, it just trips me out like when so, when i talk to somebody who's like so like 
present and focused on what I'm actually saying, it, 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 it's like weird. It's like, it's great. It, it's fucking amazing. But it's almost like it's, I'm so not used to it on a daily basis that it's like, or, or not like, I don't know, just in certain situations, you know what I mean? It's like, like, like we're all so busy and it's like, I don't there's know. an automatic response I always have when like yeah. when Anthony or Carrie, you call me like, hey, how, what's going on? How you doing? I'm like, just keeping it 100. I'll just say, yeah. I'll just say, I'll just say something like that. But it's just like, it's it's just words. But yeah. it's not like my my how I'm feeling is is still behind a barrier. You know, it's not like yeah. none of that's coming out. It's like just you know, just 100, just keeping it cool. What's going? You know, like but like to actually to 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 tap into it and and break a hole into that wall and have the actual like the things you want to talk about come out is. I mean, it it's my whole life. It's like you know trying to be in conversation and stuff i've i'm in a, a role i'm an executive now like and i have to go like in that role and i'm just like yes uh, <laughs> you know i have to like go into that that it's thing funny, where dude, I, I just I'm jump like, right into you, it i call you and you'll be like dude i just had diarrhea didn't it <laughs> well i mean yeah 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 that's i'm comfortable it's i won't say it to my ceo but i, <laughs> but I mean i want to i want more than anything i want to but uh no it's cool to, to distinguish like the muscle response versus like the flowing response which is like what yeah anyways so you're 16 at this time and you get into metallica <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, dude. Uh, no, we, we we haven't hit all the bases, so so we we're we still there. No, so Joseph. No, we aren't. Okay, so had a timeline for every part, point he wanted to hit. So Joseph, uh, you go next. Of what point have we not hit that you want to talk about? Yeah, the Black Dahlia, the tour from uh, hell. Nice, nice tour from hell. Yeah. And then and then maybe I I'm wondering how many times we can blow Joel's mind at realizing something he didn't know coming into this like you played the uh, alluvial record you're the drummer on the first alluvial oh. i'm actually i'm actually so i'm actually my face is in the record i'm not on the record oh fuck never mind yeah matt <laughs> that's actually credit to matt guglielmo blew your mind i got psyched out they were like yeah <laughs> You're like, wait, I got another one for him. Oh, no, no, oh, well, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, well, I've seen your name. I've seen your name all over the place, by the way. It looked very familiar. And I knew Zenith Passage, like, live drummer and stuff. Like, so I was waiting for yeah. kind of these, like, little golden eggs hidden. So, yeah, anyways. but, like, yeah, you, you've been on the road with Bill and Matt, and these guys have too. Yes. So. I didn't even, yeah. Yeah. Night drive. I remember, I remember that story now. I remember, like, the Zenith Passage drummer jumps in or, or, joins decrepit and so i remember that story and stuff and i didn't know it was you just like i didn't know that the drummer of <laughs> demi was in fucking cradle of filth that's you know, like, the same thing so uh, we do uh, this show just to show joel that yeah, we, i'm like whoa but no no yes, i want to I I get back to the story about yeah. that uh yeah okay um yeah and I, do, go. I got there you go. All right. Um, I've been playing with uh, Zenith. I did Devastation on the Nation with Zenith Passage in 2017, and Decrepit Birth was on that tour. And uh, they, like a couple months after that tour, Matt hit me up. I was like, hey, we got a tour with Black Dolly and Suffocation coming up. Would you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I started learning all the Decrepit Birth material. Um, and uh, by the way, this is not just because casey's here um 
all my favorite stuff is the stuff that you did. That was the most fun stuff to play. Uh, oh, yeah. He's the best drummer I know. Anyways. <laughs> I love being in a band with him, dude. He, he has compliments, so just keep 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 him coming. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely um ooh, right on though. Yeah. Thanks. Um God, wow. Yeah, Justin's with the me getting two stone memories here. Um, <laughs> um the uh I yeah, I so I started learning the decrepit birth material. Not a small feat, by the way. Um, hard stuff. Um also learning the stuff off of and time begins if you get off of the click track it's over <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. over like you there's like you can't like if you have like the clicks and guitars <laughs> in your ears you're just like all you hear in the guitar and you're like i don't know where i am i have no idea where i am <laughs> it's just we're lost in just like chugs and like I'm, i know casey knows it but like i imagine it we never use clicks yeah you never how do you how do you know where you are in those songs he's a, he's a like, fretting guitar player you know, he probably understands no, it was just too. no we just like if you didn't use we, clicks how did you No, the only way it's because we jammed like five nights a week three hours okay. a week or, okay. or just a muscle night. memory you knew or three or four yeah. nights a week yeah oh it was ridiculous we were yeah we were, at well, the unit no, at the, at the well, yeah, but then also later at the, and uh, the furniture, furniture dome. dome. Furniture dome, yeah, yeah. But we would just jam like so often. It was just like, and yeah, I, our, our living room was just like amps and like a fucking drum set, and we just walk up mm-hmm. and people yeah. show up, and all right, it's five o'clock, let's jam. It's so interesting. Like I've never played any any Decrepit song, oh, except for recording, of course. But like right. to a to a click, like especially the in time begin stuff, like right. No, it'd be interesting to try. That's pretty kind of funny, right? It was, it was definitely. They get lost. I guess definitely. Yeah, safe. I could. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. there, yeah. there was one show we were playing, and like, I was like in New Mexico, and like, I was playing the end of In Time Again, so totally got lost or something. And Matt turns around, and she's like, "Dig it, dig it, dig it!" Like looking at me, and I'm just like, "Dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it!" I don't even know. No, dude, no, Casey, the drumstick hits you in the eye, and you had a black eye. No, that that was a different time. Oh, okay, okay, but that was New Mexico. Anyways, points. So, so, so you were saying about like, yeah, learning it and the click, and yeah, it was hard. It was a lot of work. I threw in all that, put in all the effort, got the set down. Um, showed up, started rehearsing with the decrepit guys. It was going really well. I was really stoked about it. Um, just great guys in general too. Um, and uh, tour starts. We're on the drive out to the East Coast, and then uh, I got a text from Brian from Black Dahlia. Yeah, and he was okay. like, "Hey, can you fill in for Alan in the middle of this tour?" And I'm like, "What?" how is that possible i'm like okay yeah. yeah i mean i mean it's black dahlia asking you to fill in for them and you don't say no yeah yeah um and i'm like okay i'm gonna do this and then i was just like what the while you're driving while you're driving to start off a decrepit tour yeah and mm-hmm. we, yeah i played like one or two of the routing shows with decrepit but like mm-hmm. i was like what the how the fuck is this gonna work i have nowhere to rehearse i have i haven't i've they're doing a headline they just put out their like wow. most popular album ever like biggest charting one it was debuted at like eight on the billboard 200 or yeah. something like and i was like okay how am i gonna learn this so i literally just spent while i was still like integrating the decrepit i wasn't like comfortable like this is easy i got this decrepit <laughs> yeah um i was like still like nervous about it and then yeah. i'm like now i have to learn a dahlia set 
without yeah. rehearsing. So I yeah. spent every day in the van just like Jeez. transcribing out like fills. On that, or did you let them no, know? No, right I let them know. They were like totally cool with it. They're like, Dude, yeah. if you want to do it, be our, be our guest. But holy shit, that's going to be hard. Um, yeah. And uh, I just would like every day in the on the in the back of the van and just be like writing stuff out. Bill would be sleeping yeah. next to me and I'd just be like <laughs> writing it out. <laughs> Bill's awesome foam sleeping pad that God knows how old that thing was. Um, um, Bill is yeah, night drive. Yeah. Bill though are the best, by the way, absolute best thing. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. so many hours. Yeah, yeah. I love it. best. Bro, psychedelics, man. It's the only way to find it. You gotta do it in the dark. It's the only way. It's like I love that dude so much. Um, and uh, I was just so I was just stressed. I would spend every day. I'd be like, okay, I can learn. I'm gonna like write out maps for two songs a day and like kind of imagine myself being able to play them. So I would fall asleep visualizing playing the songs. And because um, I had like <clears throat> like two, just over two weeks to learn the set. Damn. without rehearsal or playing it on a drum set Jesus. um and so i got one or two sound checks with black dahlia basically damn i have such anxiety right now dude i know i'm, I'm like <laughs> shaking my chair right now i was, I was absolutely absolutely terrified um and uh i had um i was so on edge there was like the only there was one thing on that tour that gave me some peace of mind. This the sequel to Blade Runner came out, and like I took one night after learning like three quarters of the Dahlia set, yeah. and I took like a fucking Uber to a theater to see Blade Runner twenty forty nine by myself. I was so on edge and looking forward to seeing this that this one dude said like a half of a word at the beginning of the movie, and I just turned around and told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for so long, and I don't do that. I was like, holy shit, that's like an animal. I can't imagine you doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he, so, he listened to you though he shut the fuck yeah, up yeah he didn't yeah it's yeah. like the beginning of the movie dave batiste comes out he's like batiste i'm like don't even f-. i was like don't do no <laughs> and yeah. um and but i so yeah i had learned like three quarters of the set and then so this is where it gets a little strange um at this point matt from decrepit starts feeling sick and he needs to go home and decrepit's gonna drop off the tour i'm like what What's going on? And Bill and Sean are like, "What are we gonna do?" I don't know. And then mm-hmm. Dahlia's like, "Well, you're, come you're like, down. thank God, thank God." I need yeah, to it's like one less thing to think about. And I, um, yeah, I literally just learned. It, it was a, it was a relief in a certain way. I was kind of bummed because yeah. I was enjoying yeah, it's bummed, doing you're it. You're bummed, but like it's also like the pressure that's going to headlining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. two like a day after decrepit drops, I haven't even played the Dahlia set yet, and I'm still like I have like a little less than a week left till that. And then tour manager Michael McDonald, shout out for being one of the sickest TMs ever, by the way. Um, that yeah, it did. And then he he comes up to me, he's like, "Hey, would Zenith want to take Decrepit's spot on the tour?" And I'm like, "Uh, I know they would definitely. I don't Jesus. know if I want to do that at all. I haven't played. Yeah. We haven't played a show together in like six, oh seven my months. God, We're rehearsed and." The stars are aligning. The stars are aligning in a fucked up way. A yes. third <laughs> set you yes, have to fucking set. think about. Yeah, yeah, and I hadn't even played with Dahlia yet, so I was just like, "Oh, uh, yes, okay, we can do this. I'll do it. It's <laughs> oh right, fine." God. Um, because it, I had no one to finish the tour off with anyway, so I was like, well, "Let's just play with." I know I remember the music. I haven't played it. Yeah. But, um, 
Vidalia guys were so kind to me and let me stay on the bus with them while since decrepit dropped off and they just let me be like their drum tech even though they're like you know just sleep here um <laughs> they're really cool and they just like showed me how like to do their setup because alan the setup for alan's programming the click tracks for the songs on the sampler you would think the set would be in order it's not he's like okay so this song is page one two and then you're like oh god it's all like the sampler's not even in order the click yeah. tracks on paging through different uh, things and like okay the statutory ape is on this one and then all the other it was just like oh god um so, but so i memorized that stuff watching him set up his drums every day but then the set the shows came first one was on halloween in vancouver at good old rickshaw theater oh yeah Woo. heroin addicts everywhere Hero, yeah i know Needles <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. um and uh i could i don't i don't remember the day honestly i was so jittery Nervous. yeah um, and uh it's it started off the learning the shannon lucas stuff and the um zach gibson stuff really easy alan's parts are way harder um on the kit um way more intricate um but um so like but they opened with the new stuff which is alan's stuff and alan has all these like intricate fills and stuff like that so that stressed me out so like the first song i had like my nerves were starting up i uh whatever the first song on nightbringers is that's what we opened with and then um i had like a tiny hiccup and then the rest of the show was like flawless yeah okay so um, talk about after that hiccup was there a flow state moment for you at all during yeah. that set there was a moment where so like my anxiety peaked at that moment like oh shit i it was like a such they barely even they were like a it was like one of, it was like a hiccup that like only like a musician's ever going to notice like no one's ever going to know but like my right. anxiety peaked. i'm like i have a whole set this is the first song oh my god and um my anxiety peaked and i just ended up i my mom would always tell me very kind like wise words of just kind of like remember you're not your thoughts you're just the observer of your thoughts and all that kind of stuff yeah and so, dude that would kick in and then i'd just be like okay that's there you are not that feeling mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i would just like listen just remember to listen to the song and you know what to do you've listened to this so much for weeks now and you know what to do you know these songs and I just kind of settled into that and focused and i remember every song that i finished i was like one step close. i've never wanted a set to be over fast yeah in my yeah, life. yeah. Um, <laughs> and i was just like okay one one closer we're getting there and then we got to this the, like the nocturnal uh, miasma part of the set and i'm like okay i can chill this is a lot easier yeah um, and i got it went really well really well and that and i made it through that i remember finishing that dude yeah yeah it went really well and then i played the next night that's a bit of a jump but i played the next night in seattle with them i only did two shows um and i remember uh it was just the most they they i got back on the bus and they were all just like so kind and grateful and supportive on and the I, second night did you get the jitter did you feel yeah there was no jitters it was way more out. confident i was nice. still nervous and like wanted it to be over um yeah because i was just like not as i'm n in nowhere near as prepared as i would like to be for this um it kind of harkens back though not to cut you i'm sorry to cut you off but like mm -hmm. you talked about like your your original drum jazz teacher you said yeah. something about him like him putting you under stress yeah. or making you uncomfortable mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. that's like and to me that's that's a fucking lesson right there because to me yeah. like yeah. 
like I'll be playing in front of my best friend Carrie and being like, I'll get nervous playing in front of him, but then we'll play in front of you know ten thousand people at a festival. I'm like, what? I don't give a shit. But like when I'm sitting there, like there, there's some sort of a stress factor where I'll be like stressed and I'll be like, oh, this is uncomfortable for me. Uh, play and I'm like, uh, I can't play. I'll, I'll things that things that I'll do constantly all day long by myself. Like it's uh, I got it. And I'll try to show Carrie something and I'm like all excited. Or I'm like, oh God, I'm also thinking about what he's thinking and what he's going to judge me on. And, and it's my best friend that I've, you know, we're going to live and die as best friends, but I'm still okay. like thinking like stuck in a weird fucking parallax of not understanding of like what he's going to like think of it. You know what I mean? And uh, I care what Carrie thinks a lot. <laughs> and, well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things though. It's like it's like that's a good lesson. Like if you you want to play live, you're you want to be a musician live. Like stress, stress them. Let's put, put you under stress. Let's let's, let's push you in. It's like yeah. uh yeah. And he's Joseph, such Joseph. a he's such uh, a kind like positive person. But isn't that funny how we're so Career? scared to Career? play Hello? in front of Carrie? Oh, that, yeah. there okay, gotcha, gotcha. Matt, we can hear you. Can you All hear right, us? Cool. Yes, sorry. Cut out for a sec. Sorry, guys. We're scared oh, of, our, of our closest friends' judgments, even though our closest friends are going to give us like the true nods because we actually are capable of it all, you know? Yeah. Well, I've never been like, I've never gotten pleasure. All, I've never gotten pleasure of playing in front of people I respect. Like, yeah. I'm always like, there's there's no pleasure there for me. It's I would more never like want it's, it's more respect in the front row while I'm on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, but, but people that you respect though, it's like it's it's they're they're on a pedestal. So like, the fact that you're like you jam in front of those people, that uh, I'll I'll put myself like oh don't fuck this up. Don't fuck. it's like ten times ten. And that's why my Odie personal is anxiety. So sick because it's we my put personal anxiety in front of Casey. <laughs> well, it's my, we it's it's my, in front of Casey. We respect that dude. Well, so Casey's much, the nicest guy in the world, so I'm not like too worried about Casey because he's always like, whatever, dude. He's he's and turns out to be a fucking music teacher forever. But like, <laughs> like Carrie's like, oh, dude, we've been working on this, right? You working on it, and then you fuck up one thing, and you're like, oh god, I, let's go. Like, like you know, Casey like I, I feel on the kit, and he was just standing there in front of me while I'm doing vocals. I would think a lot more about my vocals in that moment because he's just sitting there. No, I mean, also yeah. just knowing that Casey can play all the stuff that I'm playing on guitar. Why are we and... talking about me right now? Because I Casey's, Casey's got the biggest wiener I've ever seen. Yeah. No, 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 no. But it's, it's something about like you know, like people Especially that you when respect. Out of the jacuzzi, a Dave's hot tub jacuzzi. <laughs> okay. All right. Dave's yeah. hot tub. Nice, nice. Here we go. But uh, yeah. but as far as like you know, uh, it's, it's it's something different about like jamming in front of a group of people versus people that you respect one on one. That like my brain will just like it just goes offline. I can't. I. I mean. It's like basically like me and Casey, we were there, Black Dahlia Murder. First show of the tour, we're in Rochester, and it was a Black Dahlia. It was like Nocturnal had just come out. It's like the whole tour sold out. And it's all of Black Dahlia standing there like this. It's like, yeah, like like Casey and me right now. Oh, I remember that. I remember, remember and they're and they're they're like they're like, go go ahead, sound check. They're like, sound check. And we had to like I was like, we just drove across the United States, and they're like, and it's like Brian, Trevor. Shannon Lucas, uh, Bart, uh, John Campman, and they're just all like this, just like 
All right, go. Yeah. Like we, we brought you here for a reason. Go. Let's see what you can do. And I was so fucking nervous. I was like, <laughs> they're just standing like in the middle of the floor. It was the five of them just like this. Go. Go. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, dude. This is the worst. <laughs> and I was playing bass, luckily. No one really gives a shit. I could play like probably uh, you know, like uh I mean, no offense, uh to ricky he's actually a good bass player but i was like people give a no. shit now i mean no nowadays they've gotten a lot better but it's uh, it's uh for me i was like you know following the route maybe following a different line for a second and but um watching Joel's them i was so like sick oh. on bass you guys are no no, no, no i'm not i'm a, i want to play man i want to play the flute but uh <laughs> as far as uh on the next then. <laughs> but as far as like having that like versus the actual sold out show with like 800 people later this that fight those five people standing in front of me was a nightmare i was like god. oh god they Ooh. picked us we just drove four thousand or 2500 miles Impressive. Uh, make sure we do good you know it's like and then it, it's it's one of those things where yeah kind of like getting back to what like matt was saying it's, it's one of those like just like the stress that you put on yourself when they're like excited to see you like all of them were excited like Trevor brought us out. Trevor called us personally. It was like, we want you guys, like, to Trevor Berth, we need you guys on this tour. And we were like, okay, well, we drove across the country. It's all good. Uh, and we train wrecked on a on a song on the way out there. So I'm just like, all like, my, my confidence is all fucking shitty. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, worried and stuff. And they're just like, all right. Just I remember, I, the vision of the, the visual of them just standing in the middle of a floor. All back to Alimer. Go. All right, go. Matt was, <laughs> was like your last train wreck. My last train wreck. Yeah, where everybody had to stop. Uh, unfortunately, it was with Zenith at uh, Saint Vitus in Brooklyn. Um, we're all on click tracks. All of us have our click tracks, so mm -hmm. we're all on account. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was uh, my headphone extension cut out. So the tracks uh, died for me, but everyone else was still on them. What's so, your backup? What's your backup plan when that happens? Uh, there is none. It's just game over. Um, it's game over. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> game over, man. Dude, you um, remind me of Derek so much. From you know. <laughs> it was um, yeah, dude, Justin feels that it was brutal, and I was I died inside because Longstreth came to that show. Uh, ah, yeah. I was like, he, he helped me set up, and I was like, oh god, long strip. He helped you set up. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, he's uh, so sweet though. He was so helpful. You, I, yeah. Well, yeah, for you, just knowing that that dude's in the audience, you're like, fuck, man. Yeah, dude, it was brutal. Yeah, extra pressure. But we all, we all hit those moments, dude. We all, all five of us on the show right now, yeah. have had that moment where we had to fucking stop and restart dude but also it, like after that moment you start to to emergency like apocalypse plan you're like yeah all right if this happens again like you have to have that moment to like understand like all right like think about everything that can go wrong and then mm -hmm. you have to start to like mitigate what can the risk of what can happen is mm -hmm. like if right. this happens uh i'll do this or i'll just you know it's like it's it's it almost reminds me of like jazz i had this really brutal jazz teacher in santa cruz and like, here's here's the and that's the next question which is did you did you were you where were you going with that 
No, no, it's a, it's a oh, jazz teacher cool. that was a is Ray Brown, one of the most like prolific jazz teachers in California. I I answered a question wrong in front of him, and then he was like calling on me every question after that. Anytime he asked a question, it was on me, and so I would make every different out that I could of different chords he was going to ask me to build or different progressions and stuff like that. So I just like went my 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 homework was like like quadruple the normal person's homework just in case he he called on me again once i got some stuff right he stopped fucking with me and i was like all right thank god <laughs> like i was like trying to come up with like whatever yeah going for, yeah. so that basically is like like when you run into that wall you're like oh shit it's embarrassing and he would just like harp on you like even more like it's kind of like what you're talking about with your, with your old drum teacher is like stress stress you yeah. out you know yeah, it's like moment, uh yeah because you have to understand like everything's gonna go wrong like there's not yeah it's one of those you guys pick up and play the same song again or you just i think on? we just started yeah we just started over that song I started that song yeah. over and it's it's okay i mean it happens to everybody i've literally watched goji or train wreck live like damn big time and I, I on their last tour i there's some footage of it they're like i posted it mushuga train wreck so like the best yeah. of the best like it yeah happens. um that was it's funny how you deal was like they were like uh Human, human, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Well, um, it's so intricate the style of music we play that if any element is out of touch for one or more people on stage, it's gonna fall pretty quickly, you know. And sound has a lot to do with that. But we it could can be a comedic connecting event with people that that see that happen live. They're they like see the human aspect of aspect, and they're like, and they see everyone like not like pissed, but like laughing or like, oh god, and then like that sticks with everyone. For I mean, I for me, think that lasts longer, right? To yeah. Show that there's like, this I, I got to see them human fuck up. style of music that we're playing, <laughs> but we are showing the human elements of us as players you know here's here's my you know add in here that most train wrecks these days are due to technology failure rather yeah, like than computer failure. failure and that's because we have tried to proof against all human error and give all the control over things to yeah. laptops and whatever um, and so when you see something go wrong, it, I usually assume it's, it's something with the, the system that they're running on. And that's a different kind of like, oh, than like seeing like a human error kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think with the Mashuga case, I think it was Thomas started a song and the rest of the band started a different Another song. One. That was, yeah. So that was kind of like a human error, which is kind of cool. It's, it's cooler than the click starting too early and right. on one guy's system or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I think what that kind of reveals is just that kind of like, it does kind of suck that everything has to be safeguarded so much. I kind of like it when it's, you know, could go wrong and like, there's less, you know, it's a little riskier. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, um, I don't know. I haven't train wrecked in years and I'm like, I don't want to. So I kind of just going right. to stick with how we all do it currently. I'm not like trying to like take off the, the, the controls, but uh, it just, it's yeah. just, just to return to that first That's, idea. It's like, yeah. if, if something happens on stage, everyone has to stop. It's probably the computer. It's probably not. Any yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy how it's like 
the technology like yeah like 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 relying on it like creates like a lot more like you know just basically variables of like hazards of uh fails and stuff and like back before it was like we had less reliance on technology it was just like you had to practice a bunch of memorize it and just go for it but but then like also there's human error that can occur with that too where it's like tempos can be out of whack or everything so there's all this like it's like you're like juggling kind of variables of error you know right yeah and and it's almost like you should just like it it, it's kind of like 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 keeping like a like like someone online all the time or like there's always something that's going to go wrong like in it or something like that like it's almost like bands like moving forward like are going to need like an it guy like on the tour <laughs> right. you know and yeah. it's like a band just like fails live on stage and they just like all point at the it guy <laughs> he's like on the side of the stage and he's like no like you know it's like oh fuck, you, you ran the wrong update like fuck. right god damn that's, it. Like, that's a classic move though is if you don't know the song you like pretend yeah. your guitar is not working and like i can't play yeah. the guitarist yeah like I fuck, yeah dude totally yeah. yeah but um fuck man i mean so just to finish the timeline era thing, you like did the tour, you hopped on yeah. with Zenith, they finished yeah. legendary. Uh, everyone was talking about, I was like, did you hear about Matt? Like he's going to do a Zenith now. Like we're all like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to just touch on, you've been jamming with Oceano lately and yeah. uh, how much more money did they pay than death metal? Band? Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was like, I mean, I know it's the band. There's just to be clear, like that's not. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. It was well more than twice as much, I've per show than I've ever had. So it was nice. That's sick, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. So, as someone who so wants to be able that, to dude. do this for a living, make money. Yeah, dude, that's, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Yeah, dude, death court, dude. Talking with them for like you know the whole era of the band, like they've been around for like 15 years. So yeah, yeah, dude. It's and it's fun. I it's it's really fun. I love. I'm a huge deathcore fan, so I love um, like like I don't know. I just I like uh, I'm enjoying playing music where I can kind of like uh, chill a little, chill uh, and and feel the groove a little bit. Yeah, feel the groove into feel relax into the pocket a little bit. At the same time, though, um, I'm not going to have a like I'm going to have to buy a lot more China symbols because deathcore just destroyer of China's, <laughs> <laughs> just absolute destroyer. Did you yes. break a China during the Chicago shows? I broke one rehearsing for a show, and then the second show I played with them, I broke the new one I got for those two shows. Um, Hell yeah! I was, just got I got real into it, and then I was just like, I was like, I finished the set, I was like, that felt really good. I feel like I might have broke the China. Then I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's like this, <laughs> this long of a crack, just from like this. I love that. Dude. I mean, <laughs> you're beating that bitch, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there a drummer thing where like you're hitting it so hard that you crack it and the stick can get caught in it? I've that... I'm sure it's happened. There's no way it's not happened in the history okay, of the yeah. universe that has to happen <laughs> in the last hundred yeah, years. Me and Matt have talked about infinity. It's already yeah. happened. It's happened an <laughs> infinite amount of times. It will keep happening. <laughs> It'll keep happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, just just a little lore behind the scenes. Matt was uh subletting my side of our rehearsal room to prepare for those shows and i got to go in and you know matt was jamming sometimes and uh it was fucking sick and i got to play on his kit which is weird because you detune your heads on your oh, yeah. toms like entirely 
Um, and I was just like, man, this, this, I hate this feeling of playing your kid. It sucks. But, for sure. What's but, the uh, purpose of detuning? There, I literally only put the the heads on. By by, shout out to Dom. Hi Dom. Um, I literally um have a only. I have um. I just finger tighten my uh, head. Uh, literally just like till, right until I feel the friction. I just like stop. And so it's basically all you hit. You hit the Tommy trigger like <clears throat> it's like a bat fucking basketball. Um, mm. and like in the studio, that would sound like absolute ass. Like, don't do it. Um, but live when you're playing like tech death or extreme metal, all you're getting is attack. And like, the, nobody's going to hear in my experience, if you're playing like, nobody's going to hear the Tom residence is just going to muddy it up. All people want to hear is the attack. It's just like why people switched over to kick triggers pretty much was because that attack is what moves it forward pretty much. So I, I figured out that like, I watched a video of actually Mario from Gojira doing a drum solo and i was like those heads are really loose i'm gonna try that and i started doing that and now i just do that all the time and everybody who sits down on my kit is like what the fuck is wrong with your kit <laughs> and um it works really well it cuts through live you can hear it in the audience like you'll hear the toms cut through but at the same time it is um uh if if you were to actually like close mic and record the thing it just sounds like absolutely poop I was like, oh, he like detunes after he plays. That's like must be some secret trick to like keep the heads like you know, lasting yeah. longer. Keep the like, off. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of an oxymoron though. It's like uh tech death and and resonance. Like, it's like it's all it's like there's not like reson it's like I mean there, there's parts where it's like da da dun or maybe that that'll probably affect it more, but like right. it's not like it's all about getting the hit in. It's not about right. like, oh, yeah. it's got to be tuned correctly. Yeah, you, you only have John this much space before the next hit anyway. It's not like... Right. Have, yeah. you, have you seen yeah. the Danny Carey like little reels come like popping up lately and stuff? And he's talking I have about seen them. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like the, the different toms, like and they, yeah, they yeah. get like like they start off thicker and then like like the like the ply, and then they get thinner as they go down. And like the types of heads he uses on them, and then like on the roto tom, he uses like, like one plies and certain right. ones to get more attack you, and stuff. And do you think drummers in the future are going to be like they're going to be like jamming like 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 a like one of those you know like Jamaican drums? They're going to be like yeah, jamming steel drums. Steel drum. They're going to be jamming riffs like with the guitar, like <laughs> with the tom. How sick would that be? Steel <laughs> drum death metal, dude. Like, as a steel drum player, like that foundation. Shout out to the professor for. They would be down with that. I'm sure. Foundation would, would put some extreme. I could. Uh, foundation is not extreme. It's just very slow. I could get no, that. A... He, the professor, has shown me that the that foundation hits way more boundaries than other reggae artists, dude. So it's like 280. High as fucking I'm drunk. All right. Riding the second now? wave of the second wave. Imagine like technical brutal 280 fucking reggae, dude. So, well, dude actually, <laughs> actually, uh, Sean, Sean from Bludgeoned and I are, we, we talked about that after I brought it up on the pod. We want to do dub slam for real. Oh, good. good. Yeah. Let's do it. Do something yeah. different. That's fun. Dude. That's all fun. All right, let me be on one track, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah we all got excited you. Dude. About doing vocals now, wait. Casey and I did, had a. How's your patois, dude? Can you? Uh, 
we had a conversation <laughs> this week that made me uh, very inspired and intrigued. So, hell yeah, that's uh, hustles for me soon. I, I got a something I wanted to run by you real quick, guys. Uh, so, are you familiar at all? Oh, it's gonna be a nude picture. <laughs> are you familiar with <laughs> it? On the back of the front, dude. You guys see that? Okay. So, like, oh, like oh, yeah, yeah. All, all, like, the, like the all Rototom kits. Have you ever seen this shit? That's fucking sweet. What are the <laughs> top? I love it. What's the top rack for? Is even that the even the case Rototom? Oh, oh, those things? Oh, those, those, are like, those, those are like, yeah, they're like, like, like Roto, like they're like metal ching chong. Really? Uh, they'll break like, down, they'll break like, down your fucking. <laughs> they'll uh, Dude, that thing is sick. They'll break yeah, your stick yeah. though, right? Those things are stick breakers, right? They're like little for like, sure. Roto symbols. Metal like three symbols in the middle are intriguing as shit because I've never seen. Symbols just go like. like ch- ch- well, they're not symbols. They're not. Oh, like, are, are there chokes? Are they chokes? No, no, no. They're, they're like atmospheric little Chinese. Ding, dong, yeah, yeah like exactly, dolls. exactly. Like bells, yeah, kinda. whatever you call them, yeah. And then, and then, like, I wouldn't probably use uh, those kick heads, would be interesting, but you could use like clear ones and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> basically, dude, that that's a crazy that like, that's just all attack, you know. Like, basically, oh, right? it's all, t- yeah, there's no, there's no, that's what I should no, just get. I should just start using that. I need to get that now. Yeah, hey, I got, I got rotos so... in my studio if you want to come by someday. And oh, dude, try it out. yeah, um, okay. be fucking roto brotos. So wait, yeah. real quick, what's the difference between rotos and regular? The tech, oh, basically tech. everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's no bass frequency. It's all maybe like, the hoop. Is the I don't same. even play yeah. drums. So I can see like so it's all. It's, it's, it's like yeah, all tech, right? It's like just the head, and it you can like t- tune it up by right. turning them. Yeah, yeah. So there's a way that the tension is connected to the know, yeah turniness of it. It's basically it like is. like a drum, but like with no drum, like Anthony. It's like a a drum made out of like like a hoop with a head, and yeah. then there's like They're no body really. Like regular drums. No, there's what, no what? drum. Just the like head is the head is the head is in charge of the of making the the, the sound right. The, it's the basically is... like yeah, it's like a it's like a platform for the head, and then there's yeah. like yeah, like okay, like a little thing around it or like a metal, but it's not a drum. It's, it's not like mm. affecting like. New shirt. The tone. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, yeah, they're cool. Yep, weird. But they sound kind of like I don't know. I wouldn't know Did if you I use uh, you use Roto on the Odious. You got your. I had like a fourteen. One. Yeah, I have. I have a fourteen Roto. I got years ago, almost like ten years ago. Uh, I still have it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I didn't use it on the retro stuff, but I used it on the Odious stuff. I've. Last couple, well, the, the new one that's going to come out, whatever. But it's just like an extra little, like, it kind of sounds like like a floor tom, but you can kind of mount it, like, do do do, kind of has this like attack, you know. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't Do think you guys I've... see a Portnoy's kit that he's it's using so, in the studio. So big, is it? It's like it's like two. Yeah, it's like two like... chairs for it. Literally, yeah. you can't get it all with one chair. Yeah, midlife crisis stuff. Sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks really nice. Pure, what is pure? What, what's the difference? He he's surrounded by percussion. Or Are you talking yeah. about the one that he did for Drumio? Where he did the? I should find a picture of it. He did like a Drumio thing, right? When he played a, no. Like, a... Portnoy in the studio with Dream Theater. He brought back an old kit that he used during the Train of Thought era. 
the name of that kit. What does he call it? The fucking Angry Rush. No, he calls it uh, the <laughs> Siamese Monster. The Siamese Monster. I'm gonna pull up a picture of it. Isn't that what they call Dream Theater? Angry Rush. Oh, yeah, Boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not. Dude. It's almost like, dude. I think ah, Rush is yeah. more angry than than Thanks Dream for Theater. Explain though. that because it makes it so much more potent that you said that. Jesus. Oh my god. That's just absurd. Sorry. That's like that's like the uh, Eric Johnson of of drums, where he has like not he, every like riff, he has like a different amp he plays through. I'm like, all right. Yeah. He's like hires a drum tech and he shows up to work. He's like, "Oh come on, man! Yeah, that's too much." Yeah, that guitar tech just with the fucking. Only half. That was a that was only a moon. Uh, yeah, so yeah. day, you have to set that up perfectly. Like, shout out Portnoy, the best. Yeah, and uh, excited for Dream Theater for the first time in a long time. So. Um, we're always well, boys. We're at yeah, almost so, three so, hours. Yeah, yeah I think we, uh, I, I kind of got. I got to go play some piano, guys. <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah, that, you can't leave that thing sitting there. Like, nah, uh, it's, it's calling my name. It's still light it's out. Sitting there, dude. It's still so, light out. Yeah, so. Lighting. Ricky likes the lighting of that place a lot. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, you're you're heading out on Chaos and Carnage with mm -hmm. Zenith. Yeah. So sure. what's oh, the yeah. lineup? It's a uh, cattle decapitation, Carnifex, Rivers and Isle. Uh, Oh, yeah. Humanity's last breath, Humanity's Zenith, last breath, vitriol, yeah. and then face yourself. Oh shit! I'm hugely, I'm a huge Humanity's last breath fan, uh, so I'm very stoked for that. Um, nice. I think they're just That's a great... heavy as fuck. Um, and also, uh, that new vitriol album's bonkers. Yeah. yeah, everyone, I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but I've, I've had like three or four Casey's friends. Been our uh, culprit. Yeah, I've been pushing it. It's, it's, it's angry. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we might be having the drummer on at some point. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Matt Kilner? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. We're uh, booked uh, quite yes, Mr. Matt. some time now. Yeah, we got some fun ones coming up. It's going to be cool. It's fucking sweet. Hell yeah, so, so go hang out with Matt on the tour. You see him. Yeah. Say yeah, hi. Yeah. Of course. Are you, uh, you got anything else coming up you want to talk about? Uh, I'm doing both... I've not announced yet, but I got some stuff coming up with uh, Oceano. I'm doing on uh, both sides of that. And then I'm putting out my first part of my Igean music film this year. Damn. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, Matt, you are so interesting, dude. Like, we need to do something. I don't even care if it's recorded. I just need to. It's like a him and a Paul Maskell with you, dude, because <laughs> I know that there's things that we haven't oh, yeah. uh, broke into that you and I could vibe on for sure, dude. Oh yeah. Um, easy six hour podcast. Yeah, dude. This was an easy three hours. We're coming up on it right now, dude. So easy, dude. Yeah, dude. The, and that's what I love about. 166 episodes into this that we can just sit here and vibe dude and three hours later boom we got a fucking episode dude and i i feel right now that i haven't even fully broke into you dude and and i love that and i want either a part two or some other shit where <laughs> nobody's telling us we can't talk about film right I literally oh, said what? you could, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, you said it multiple times. That was I know. never I a problem. I feel like we can't talk about it as much as I want to get into here. So. Right. 
right. Maybe that's just me and ego and bullshit and all that stuff that I need to work out with a big blast out of psychedelics like Matt has had. (laughs) You need six hard doses of LSD and then maybe I'll have. By the way, for the for the people, I found it. Here you go. This is the uh, the tour. It's a big boy, dude. That's a fucking big boy tour, dude. Yeah. There's the dates. And uh, I can kind of, I can tell Matt, you came from uh, a a decent upbringing that uh, exposed you to enough stuff that made you uh, become the Matt that we're talking to today, dude. And I love that. I think that you're a genuine person. I'm really, really glad that we had this time tonight, dude. Probably the doubt. meanest person, probably like the most like rude person I ever hung out with. So I think, I think, Matt, <laughs> like, like top ten most. Matt, rude. you're so rude. You're never coming back on college. <laughs> no, nah, I, I love, I love this. Love to hear your style on here. Though it's like a very, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think death metal and stuff, and then you talk to them, it's like, oh, this guy's like. One of the gnarlier death metal drummers. What an asshole, right? <laughs> like, it's like he has—he doesn't have his brain together, right? He's—he's he's actually in the zone and mellow, and that's a lot yeah. of people get their fucking shit out on death metal. It's awesome it's to see some. Very like true. That. Very true. Yeah. Well, yeah. definitely. Dude. I'm very grateful. Not, Thank you. Thank guys. you again, dude. Thank you Hell for yeah, uh, gracing us with your presence tonight. I had a great time. This Me conversation too. has been awesome. Uh, the chat, you've been awesome too. Always, you know, steering the conversation, giving us things to throw in at the moment. And I love that. Um, battleforgecoffee.com is I feel like I need some coffee right now, dude. So, well, I'm gonna brew up uh, some Battleforge coffee for, for the, the, the hardcore Cali death battleforged heads we've got something cool coming out for you soon. we do so i we was do. actually yeah. i was actually uh debating whether or not i'd say it in the beginning but just know that there's some cool collab stuff very near and dear to us that's gonna happen and yes our death metal dads have called <laughs> upon us to collab <laughs> so if you're if All you right. listen to this and you really love coffee, just keep watching because we'll be talking <laughs> about it very soon. Perfect. All right, Matt, dude, much love, brother. Thank much you so you much all. for thank all you your all. time, dude. Hell yeah, dude, Good shit, dude. coming awesome. off shit. Good shit. Cool. Okay. And, yeah, I uh, hope. Thank you. Uh, yeah, go for it. I was just gonna say, I hope I get to cross paths with y'all in person dude. real soon too. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. Matt, I'm I'm gonna be hitting you up tomorrow, dude. Yeah, dude, hit me up. Let's I do it. Connected with you, dude. You're uh, <laughs> you, you are definitely on my wavelength of homies that I need in my life, dude. So you are mine now. Um, <laughs> <it's> mine. <laughs> Perfect. <yeah. laughs> no. Hey, everybody, have a great weekend. We're gonna see you next week, as always. You know, we've been doing it for three plus years. Every week, we'll be here Thursday night on all your platforms we're multi fucking oh yeah god form dude go Open, super bowl uh, last lucy tonight yeah, dude. Go super bowl hashtag first, lucy this is my first wear of this shirt feels nice dude it feels comfy 
It's not itchy. It's not one of those itchy, shitty shirts. It's good. It's shirt. not itchy. It's it's all right. Good for the for the uh, skills. Uh, the weather right now. It's working actually nice for a not a long sleeve because it's thicker. You know, make my nipples feel nice. Dude. All right. I love all you right. guys, dude. The last of Lucy nipples. I love it all. <laughs>